2: This is the Hagman and the Hagman Report for today. It is Tuesday. It's January 19th, 2016. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in snowy northwest Pennsylvania, where there's about uh, two feet of snow in the ground outside our studios, and it's about 14 above. Yeah, it's a little bit cold. Folks, we're... Uh, or heard live weeknights, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. That's the place to be. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. And you can watch us live on our official YouTube channel. If you're watching right now, you can see us right there on the monitor. Links to each audio and video broadcasting venue can be found at our home base on the Internet at HagmanandHagman.com or even simply HagmanReport.com, which will take you to hagmanhagman.com. Through a couple of skips, but the Hagman at Hagman is fine. I'm Doug Hagman to the helm, fellow investigative researcher, most importantly, my son Joe Hagman. Uh, together, we are what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. We dig, dig deep into the topics that the mass media, Illuminati-controlled mass media won't will never do. To bring you guests like we have tonight. But before we get to them, I just want to mention, folks portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by nuts.com that's nuts.com now some people say we're nuts and that's very possible although now my mom had me tested when i was young <laughs> and, and you know no i i don't think i'm nuts but uh anyway nuts.com what a great website folks go to nuts.com enter our microphone code hh in the microphone box and there new customers receive four free samples with your order. It's a $15 value. you got over 3,000 options to choose. I mean, just a ton of options to choose from. Thousands, hundreds, tens, at least two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a great website. You can spend all day long there. Nuts.com, microphone code HH. Also, WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. What a great, what a fantastic Uh, website. If you're sick of being stressed and overwhelmed and unmotivated, if you feel like life is running you instead of you running your life, well, you're not alone. You can experience folks the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with whole tones. It's a collection of Proven music therapy that can help reduce stress and ease your mind. And motivate you. That's WholeTonesAlive.com. More on that later. Uh, tonight we, we have a, just a fantastic program. Two of, really two of my favorite people. And and I'm not just saying that. You know, um we have so many great people that have, have come up, that come on our show. And I'm not going to build them up too much because then it sounds, you know, it sounds goofy. But, you know, there are times and I'm, I'm going to just lead off with this, and I'm going to turn this over. But there are times when we look at things, and we don't get the whole story. For example, we look at the situation in the Pacific Northwest. Now, folks, if you've been listening to this program regularly, you might recall that I had said, well, you know, maybe wrong place, wrong time, wrong people, right? And even I even had somebody that was close at the periphery up there giving me information. Well, you know what? I think I could have been wrong. Because the only two people on the planet, in the country, to to really have the real story in the new media are the two people who are on with us tonight. Now, I'm going to let Joe introduce our esteemed guest tonight, uh, uh, both having radio shows on the uh, just popular radio shows. I mean, The yeah. Common Sense Show is just popular, and Sheila Zelinsky. So Dave Hodges and Sheila Zelinsky. oh, they're just fantastic. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. I'm gonna, yeah, we have Sheila
0: Zelinsky, host of The Weekend Vigilante, and Dave Hodges, host of The Common Sense Show right here on Global Star Radio Network. Also, Sheila has a new book out, Green Gospel, The New World Religion, and the website for the book is... GreenGospel.ca Now, did I get that right, Sheila?
1: Yeah, you did. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, that's an interesting book for sure. Of course, our good friend Steve Coyle did an endorsement for it on the book, Tom Horn, Paul McGuire... The New York Times bestselling author Christopher C. Horner gave me an awesome review, as well as the renowned Timothy Ball, the climatologist, very renowned, said, Sheila Zelinsky's book effectively demolishes what you think you know about the green agenda. And that's very true, because a lot of people just, they yawn and roll their eyes when you say Agenda 21. But there's a lot more to this very nefarious green agenda. And Christians are at war and they don't even know it, with this very pagan, pantheistic, green agenda. We see it everywhere. Everybody's running around saving the planet, driving eco-friendly cars, and it's very nefarious. It's not about global warming. It's not about saving the planet. The issue is not the issue. And, of course, this week, just to let you guys know and your listeners, Dave Hodges, the powerhouse common sense man, the bombshell man, as I've nicknamed him, he and I are... Teaming up to bring people a really good show this week for the listeners because what's happening in Oregon? We're going to get into some incredible information tonight that is going to leave your audience absolutely stunned. So there you have it.
2: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, and, and Dave Hodges too. You're you're up. Uh, go ahead, Joe. I, yeah, Dave. I
0: ran right over you. <laughs> it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, well, it's I great know- to be back. You do. You've been doing some outstanding work. Uh, your website, The Common Sense Show, uh, has uh, the latest article that I read about the food shortages in the U.S. Uh, speaks to the Agenda 21 plan and to what we can be seeing or expecting to be seeing here in the near future in the United States. Uh, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report.
3: Well, thanks for having me, Doug and Joe.
0: Well, okay, uh, and it's great to have you both, and
2: it's really. Uh, cutting edge radio folks what you're listening to is cutting edge radio and it's not our cutting edge it's the sharp double-edged sword of dave hodges from the common sense show and sheila uh both just unbelievable uh, investigative reporters and i mean just tremendous uh, people and i and i'm and i'm sincere when i say that you know uh, your honorary licensed investigators in my book, um, Detectives are Extraordinaire. So uh, who wants to start? Because we, uh, we let's start out with the uh, with the information from Ammon Bundy. You're the only two that actually interviewed Ammon Bundy, right? Is that, uh, Dave, I'll toss it yeah, to you. That, that, yeah, that,
3: that's e- correct. In fact, the way that this came about, uh, our health reporter for the Common Sense Show version on Sunday evenings, Katie Whalen, had a contact who had a contact inside the Bundy camp. And she floated this out there, and she said, if you come on the Common Sense Show, Dave Hodges will let you tell your story. It won't be like this crap you have on CNN and uh, and Fox. And uh, I guess they took some time to look into it. So we were originally supposed to have them on Sunday night, the 10th. And we played this up and ballyhooed it, and I wish now we had them, because as I was coming out of the last commercial break, I was doing a live read for Steve Quayle, all of a sudden everything went dead. Now, I'm broadcast on two different satellites, And both satellites went down simultaneously. Our listen-by-phone went down. Our phone lines went down. And not only that, the communications within the Bundy camp went down. So we were it was totally an orchestrated effort to keep the other side controlling the narrative. Because up until this point, CNN and Fox would would show these same clips over and over in the media. And they'd say, here they are, gun-toting vigilantes up there looking for a fight with the government. And they're still toting that mentality. And they didn't want me to let Ammon tell his story So, Sheila and I were on scheduled to be on Monday together on our weekday show, on the Common Sense version uh, here on Global Star, and uh, we were able to facilitate, uh, let's say, kind of an off-the-books interview. We we went from uh, uh, one source of communication to another, so did Ammon, and uh, we had trouble getting him nonetheless, but about 20 minutes into the hour, we got him on and we did a 40-minute interview and was it ever revealing because Sheila I'm sure you agree with this um, at, at one point I was thinking uh, I was kind of thinking along the lines of Stuart Rhodes our good friend uh, for both keepers that this wasn't the hill to die on Well, Anna doesn't feel that way either he's up there going on to people's properties taking off BLM fences, fishing game restrictions and he's helping the ranchers right the wrongs he's not looking for a fight with anybody in fact half the time they're up there from what I understand they're unarmed So totally the opposite of the way the mainstream media is portraying this.
1: Well, and don't forget, too, that Chuck Baldwin is on my show on the 5th, and he was basically throwing out this word, lawless. You know, what these guys are doing is lawless. I don't recommend anybody help them. My friend Chris Ann Hall phoned to me and she said, hey, I've got a viral video that you need to get out to people to know what the constitutional freedoms are around this land grab. I mean, we Dave and I were the ones that bombshelled the whole Clive and Bundy showdown, Bundyville and we covered what Harry Treasonous Huckster Reed was doing with these solar energy investment zones. We tied that into the Chinese, the mineral, the resources, and a lot of these ranchers, very rich mineral lands. The BLM's doing that grab on. And there was a stunning video that Steve Quell sent me last night. There's a government employee bragging. This is on an actual video. Joe, you can post the link. I put it up on weekendvigilante.com. There's a stunning, stunning video. I, I just my my jaw dropped when there's this park. Service employee at a retirement home from the Mojave Preserve, and he's talking about the fact that they're stealing. Government land. This is on record. So again, as Dave said, we didn't control the narrative with Ammon Bundy and what he said. And I highly recommend that people go back and listen to this show on my YouTube channel, Doug and Joe, because it's incredible what Ammon Bundy says on that interview. And of course, you know they're not hunkering down in little slits with guns behind the Malheur National Park, the Armory. They are actually helping the landowners and of course they are preventing a war that's what he said on record they're preventing a revolution and I thought that was stunning as well as the fact that the feds haven't even reached out to them it was Dave and I were mind numbed because that's not what we're hearing from these so-called liberty loving Chuck Baldwins and Stuart Rhodes is a constitutional lawyer he was also saying, "No, this is lawless." But as Ammon, but and I said to Ammon, "What do you say to these guys like Chuck and Stewart that are calling this lawless?" And you know what he said? Well, there's a lot of armchair patriots. So there you have it. Right.
2: Well, I got to, you know, Sheila and Dave. I want to make an admission and and even uh, you know an apology to the audience because I had. Um, uh, some dialogue, email dialogue with Stuart Rhodes, and and uh, uh, you know Stuart Rhodes is a great guy. Okay, yes. Um, I, I just think maybe there's just a, a breakdown of communication, and w- w- there's also some really kind of funny stuff going on with the people who have been inserted up there. Okay, and I just want to caution everyone because there, we know we know that there's federal. Government infiltration within the the so called patriot community up there, and that's why we have to be careful but i so I just want to say i'm sorry if I, I you know i I should have obviously we should have checked with Dave Hodges and Sheila Zelensky before we made any kind of um uh determination on this so so what you're saying up there, what you're saying is what is being represented even even to some extent in the alternative media is not what is going on
3: right. I mean, it doesn't reflect the true nature. Ammon Bundy said this, and it's pretty close to a quote. He said, I'm not up here looking for a fight. He said, I'm a man of God. I'm a man of peace. He said, I'm up here to try to prevent violence because these people up here, these ranchers who've been so abused by the BLM and the EPA, they've had it. And he said, by going in and correcting some of these abuses, he's like letting off steam. And uh, listen, Doug, don't apologize because... In the beginning, I wrote, this is not the hill to die on. I said, I'm a big fan of the Bundys. I admire what they do. But I said, this is not the hill to die on. Well, he's not choosing this hill to die on either, but he's saying enough is enough. And when you look at the ancillary issues here, you brought up two good points. And and I know Sheila and I are going to address both of these. But let's let's talk about the most scandalous thing up there that, that could possibly exist. And that is a presidential candidate, a former senior cabinet official, who's enriching herself for the purposes of running for president. And she's doing so at the theft of minerals off of private property. And she's also aiding and abetting our enemies. And let me speak to this specifically. I've received a lot of criticism over this, but the documentation I have, I believe, is beyond reproach. The New York Times ran an article last spring and I did a follow-up on it, and with more investigation, nobody cared. And what they said, there's a company called Uranium One. It's a Canadian-based company owned by the Russians, and they, with the permission of the BLM, go on to people's lands, and they take these minerals, mostly uranium. This then goes to the Uranium One division run by Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, and they in turn sell it to the Russians. Uranium is sold to the Russians by Hillary Clinton, for which she receives remuneration that ends up back in Hillary 2016. Should be Hillary 2016 for prison. That is the most scandalous thing that I found. And people said, Dave, you're going off half cocked. You have no facts and so forth and so on. Really, I start with the New York Times. So the people who want to defend the mainstream and the mainstream views, you know, explain to me why the New York Times ran this story. It doesn't make any sense. And then the second thing that I find to be extremely scandalous is this is going on not just up in the Hammond Ranch with the BLM theft of property, the restriction of property rights, trying to force people off their property. There are 19 counties in Northern California and Southern Oregon, and Doug and Joe, you may remember I've written about this. They call themselves the state of Jefferson and they're seeking secession from their respective states of Oregon and California. Why? They wanna be a 51st state so they can kick the BLM out. These ranchers are having their water stolen They're having their property rights taken. Dams are being destroyed, so lands can't be farmed. This is going on all over the West, and this is all about Agenda 21, getting people out of the rural areas.
0: And Dave and Sheila, have you seen the video of the Bureau of Land Management setting fires to actual live uh, cattle and other livestock on on farms up there that you're talking about?
1: Let me address that, Joe. Actually, there was a Ninth Circuit appellant court. That never happens in this case with the Hammonds. you got to remember, this guy, the older guy, he's 73 years old. This is a rancher. You know, I have a long line of ranchers and horsemen and farmers in my family, and this boils my blood when I see that they basically double jeopardied this. They took him back to court. You know, under the terrorism law, the new, of course, the litany of executive orders, and don't get me started about Obama, the jihadist and the slaughterhouses, our good pal Steve Quill says, the litany of overreach and government abuses. I mean, let's think about it. the West is being carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey. We can't even, you know, the BLM, the EPA, the FDI, the CIA, the pick your alphabet nefarious soup group here, the litany of genocides really and this is i'm going to make this assertion crystal clear the globalists as dave just alluded to through agenda 21 they want us out of the rural areas they want us to be in these densely packed stack and pack micro apartments controlling every area of our life with the you know technocratic abuses and as Aldous huxley put it we'll make him love their servitude that's what's going on and American ranchers their fate is spelled out in a map that Dave talks about so we get into that and we also get into the megacity regions you know these if you go to 2050.com they each contain approximately 6 million people under 11 regions well What happens to the other 250 million people if you have grade 6 math or more? That's frightening. So, you know, and then the the Constitution is on life support. Well, it's crickets chirping in the pulpit. The churches in the West, for the most part, as you guys know, they're in a cotton candy coma with the Howdy duties and the Creplo dollar bills and the Copelands and supplantists, as I call them, saying just weeks ago. Hey, we can't travel in commercial because... Well, guess what? We can't because there's too many demons, and we can't hear from God. I mean, are you kidding me? Ugh.
2: Unbelievable. I mean, really. Wow.
3: Dave.
1: Well, what thoughts? Sheila said is
3: right. Let me elaborate a little bit. If you go to America2050.org, it's a website run by Mike Kruglet. Who is he? He was Obama's first community Service mentor. Now, Obama calls that a real job, and I guess that was his only real job before he was a politician. But Kruglik advised him on this. Now, basically, Kruglik, and we have his picture in the Oval Office, uh, close confidant to the president. He's the head of Build One America, which is a tax redistribution scheme designed to get people out of the suburbs and places like San Francisco, St. Paul, Minnesota, New York, and they're trying to get people to move to the inner cities by moving tax dollars around. Kruglich, that's, that, that's his brainchild. They call it Build One America. And Krugwig produced this website called America2050.org, and I think really 2050 is too far out. And Sheila said there's 11 mega-regions of 6 million people each. That calls for the depopulation of 250 million Americans. But it's even confirmed, if you go to Deagle.com, a lot of people are familiar with that website. I, I contend, and from what I've been told by my sources, it's a CIA front. And in there, they say by the year 2025, we will have about uh, uh, 90% less residents. Our budget will be uh, about 90% less. And our military prowess will be even less than that. In other words, we've got our butt kicked in some kind of war that President Obama, I believe, is setting us up to lose. So the Deagle numbers of depopulation run by the CIA match the numbers in America 2050 put together one of, by one of Obama's chief informal advisors. Uh, it's really clear where they want to take this. And, folks, I just want people listening on us to grasp this. I, I'm not insane when I say this. The numbers don't lie. I couldn't make up the numbers. These are two websites connected to this administration that say the same thing. By the year 2025, there's 90% of us are not going to be alive. So if you don't think it matters what we're talking about here tonight, you don't think it matters whether you get off your fat butt and do something, it does matter.
1: Our lives depend on doing something.
2: We resemble that remark. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: Well, and let's uh, go into this, Doug. I mean, some of the DHS features, Dave just talked about this Deagle report of a similar population reduction for the United States to take place by 2025. Here's the frightening part of that. If you've got these technologies like intel streets you know they're referred to as mind reading technologies you've got the biggest absolute stunning big brother you've got darpa mind reading you know the the biometrics of the, these new implant technologies they can track hack and attack you and then brain signals in real time i was actually contacted by an inside source who actually wanted to expose a frightening darpa program steve quail's covered that extensively in xenogenesis but the most frightening part about these Intel streets, Doug and Joe, is this is designed for a post-collapse America situation. Again, with the most invasive Big Brother surveillance population control devices invented by DARPA. Now, let's kind of streamline this in here, Dave. This is a good place to throw this in here. Malik Obama, two words. Dave and I joked off air, you know, that book, Sins of My Father. We should have a new book titled called Sins of My Brother, who's the gun runner for the Muslim Brotherhood, arms procurement, Good old Malik Obama. Then you've got Loretta Lynch mob. Dave, you can take that part away. Well, the thing about
3: Loretta Lynch mob that I find so reprehensible is that, excuse me, one day after the massacre that took 14 Americans from us by an admitted ISIS participant sympathizer, uh, this man killed 14 of us. And so what is Loretta Lynch supposedly defending the Constitution defending us against enemies, foreign and domestic. She doesn't get on her little podium in front of some Muslim emblem, which she gave us the backdrop for her speech. She didn't say, our sympathy goes out to the families. We're so sorry for the American loss of life. It's, if you and the independent media say anything about Muslim extremism, we can arrest you. That was her message. To heck with the American people. To hell with the families and their grief. This woman's not fit to be a dog catcher. And uh,
0: She went on to say that her greatest fear was the anti-Muslim rhetoric that is uh distributed every day in our country. And thankfully she walked those statements back. But
1: after well, yeah, saying yeah. as
0: much, and, and we know that those are her personal feelings and how she wishes to be able to deal with the situation if she had the choice to. Um If we can take a step back here, the situation in Oregon with the militia and the Agenda 21, um, uh, how does this fit together? We, as you said, this, the Bureau of Land Management has been encroaching on these on these ranchers' rights, trying to, to uh, fence off properties and, and uh, take access away. Uh, how much land has been taken by the Bureau of Land Management and the federal government from farmers already in, in Oregon and other states, especially in the West?
3: I don't think it's a matter of how much land. I don't know that anyone's measured that. And I don't even know if it's a measure of how many resources, because I don't know how we'd ascertain that. But I've written a couple of articles where I cited independent research, which says we have an estimated $128 trillion underground wealth, mineral wealth that's underground, such as uranium and gold and platinum and so forth. And as a consequence, uh, that, that wealth is being plundered. It's being plundered off Native American lands. I've been writing about that for nine years. But it's being plundered now off rancher's lands where they just go on and take it. And so it's not anything that we can quantify, guys, because if you stop a bank robber three days after he's robbed a bank and you casually ask him how much did you take, he may not even know the amount. He just got a wad of cash. And that's kind of what we're looking at here with these minerals. It's just wholesale theft. See, what they're doing is forcing people off their land because they want a Hunger Games scenario where no one's in the uh, the wilderness, okay, the biodiversity maps that we've seen and so forth. But on the way to achieving that goal, they're plundering all the wealth. I mean, they're enriching themselves. And also, too, something that, and I wrote about this during the Bundy Ranch affair in 2014, what they have done is they have... Uh, basically embedded Chinese military inside some of these BLM lands on solar energy zones. I've got the BLM documents that address this, and I documented that. Uh, And these uh, companies that run these solar energy zones are nothing more than fronts for the Chinese military. Wow. Wow.
1: And let's ask this question, Doug and Joe. Why is the Chinese buying up all of Manhattan? JP Morgan, why are the Chinese buying the Fed? Let's throw it so in an, in an economic implosion. Then what happens, Dave?
3: Well, it all reverts to the Chinese. You know, yeah. Steve Four, Quayle said 40, something like percent.
2: They, they, I, I didn't mean they're over talking, but forty nine percent right. of the commercial, forty nine percent, almost half of, of the commercial real estate in the borough of Manhattan is owned by the Chinese, and then and that includes um, what didn't the uh, Waldorf Astoria just uh, go to the Chinese? I, I believe, right? Yes. All
3: right. You, know, you want well, a scary that- thought, gentlemen? You want a scary thought? When the TPP becomes the lawless of. The land as I like to call it there will be no due process in other words if you owe to a creditor You go for a corporate tribunal. You don't go through the U.S. court system where your Fifth Amendment rights might be protected. So a lot of people could have their homes repossessed. This would be like mirrors on steroids. I mean, this is a nightmare scenario down the road. I haven't even addressed this in writing yet, but it's something I've talked to a lot of people about. Let me tell you something Steve Quayle said, and I think Steve was so far ahead of his time when he said this. He said that, Basically, to subjugate this country, you're going to need a foreign influence because they can't count on the American military wholesale to jump ship and turn on the American people, so they need the Chinese and the Russians. The Chinese have been promised the mineral wealth, the hard assets. The Russians get to rob you of your personal possessions. They get to rape your women. They get to kill your mothers. This is something that Steve alleged on my show. And the more I get into this and the more I see the way things are becoming organized and the way the Chinese are being given the lead on solar energy zones and so forth, but the Russians still maintain a true presence, I have every reason to believe that Steve's instincts are exactly right.
1: Well, and let's throw this in the U.N. Global Police that Obama just announced. Why is it, Doug and Joe and Dave, that Chinese not only owns America, but look at these solar investment deals now, the military training in the grid takedown drills. Why are Chinese participating in U.S. takedown drills, and why are Russians on American soil? Isn't that a good question to tie in with this? And I actually talked to the Harney County Fire Marshal, Chris Briles. so let's tie this piece in, Dave, resigned his position after he discovered that undercover CIA agents, not FBI, he flip-flopped a bit on that, but they were posing as militia members near that Malhar National Wildlife Refugee. Now, according to Brills, he told me on a phone interview, he found these CIA agents, it might have been a Freudian slip, then he said FBI later in the conversation who were impersonating military members as they were harassing the locals and lurking around the town's army. Brills went to county judge, as Dave calls him, Nasty Grasty. Steve Grasty was told to shut up and keep his distance. So Grasty not only threw Brills out of an internal meeting, but the FBI presence in Burns get real here, Dave. Yeah, you know,
3: let's set a time frame here. We've known for some time the FBI's had a presence there. That was reported in the mainstream media almost immediately with all the subsequent videos that would follow on Fox and CNN. So the FBI's presence in Burns in the surrounding area should not come of a surprise to anybody. I received a phone call from one of my best sources. Actually, he's my best source. And he said, Dave, you'll find this interesting. The CIA is facilitating and antagonizing up there in Burns, Oregon. And he said, it's not the FBI." that's imitating these uh, the Bundy followers and trying to agitate the locals. It's the CIA. And he actually made me figure this out. He said, come on, Dave, you, get, you put this together. And, and he's right. I, I put this together in about 10 seconds. It's pretty easy. The CIA is the conduit. It's the glue. It's the facilitation element between the Chinese, the Russians, the U.N., Obama, and the takedown of this country. And the CIA does not want Ammon Bundy to expose this fiasco. Every day that Ammon Bundy is there and the more stories that come out about BLM abuse, people like Sheila and I are going to figure out what's really going on, what's the big picture, what's Agenda 21. You know, and Mom Pa Kettle sitting at home watching TV, if they ever get wind of this, they're going to be really upset. And that's what the CIA is trying to avoid. So they've taken direct control of the situation. So going back to this Briels character, who was the fire marshal, I think he started off with good intentions. I think he showed some courage in the beginning. But I think he hit—he had his hand on the chicken switch. Because he comes out and he tells Sheila it's CIA, and then he changes his story to FBI. Sorry, the FBI is not a story, Mr. Breals. And then he said he had a meeting with Grasty, and he told this story on video. And he says, yeah, when I mentioned the FBI imitating... Uh, these people, he said uh, uh, Grasty threw me out of his chambers well, excuse me, Grasty shouldn't have been upset about the FBI, they'd already been there for three weeks, the only thing that would have set him off would have been the revelation of the CIA, the FBI was not a timely revelation, it was the CIA, the CIA is controlling things up there in Oregon, that tells you how much importance that the globalists place on this, they are, what I've been told is they're scared to death up there They're scared to death of the word getting out. They're scared to death of starting a a Western-wide revolution against the BLM. They don't want this. But they're afraid to move on Bundy right now because they don't want to make a martyr out of him.
1: Well, let's not forget the CIA being involved. So not only, as Dave just said, Doug and Joe, they control the narrative. But also let's tie this in with the Chinese and Russian troops on our soil. The CIA and the DHS... They were involved with Senator Harry Reid and his sons to defraud those ranchers and hand these very mineral-rich ranches to the feds so they can plunder the resources on behalf of, what did we just say, the foreign partners will just say. And I know for a fact that CIA forces, Dave, are taking uranium. Well, and don't even, don't even go, well, Sheila and Dave, that's crazy. Go look at the New York Times, put in a Google search, Hillary Clinton, our favorite pal, and uranium and it is they left nothing to the imagination in this article. So then you have this Canadian front group that was facilitating the deal. Clinton was handing over the uranium to Russians and receiving campaign donations. She should be in jail until twenty thirty, and as Dave so astutely said, let her let her let's keep her alive by transhumanism. Hillary for prison twenty sixteen. I say it again.
0: Couldn't agree Amen. more Amen. Uh, Amen to that. And I don't even think we'll see an indictment, but, uh, you know, we can always hope. No,
3: you know know why we won't see an indictment, Joe? There's only two people that could bring this to action, and that is Obama and Loretta Lynch mob, the Attorney General. And until one of those two people gets a backbone, nothing's going to happen. This is why we, we live in a country right now, and we're playing in a game that has absolutely no rules, no rules whatsoever.
2: Okay, if I can if I can just uh dial back just a, a tad and folks we're talking with Mr. Dave Hodges, the dot com and of course Sheila Zelensky. Uh maybe I should call you Dr. Zelensky, but we'll leave that for another time. Sheila Zelensky Weekend at Vigilante dot com. Folks bookmark both of those sites. But um just to be clear for people looking at this the situation with respect to the uh, the ranch, or the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, federal lands up in uh, uh, the the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge with Ammon Bundy, you David uh, Hodges and you Sheila Zelensky but uh, Mr. Hodges, you broke the fact that the CIA, just to be clear now, the CIA, they were caught in, in, in posing as. Some uh, of the militia members, the CIA folks. Let's have to think. In the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, of which Brennan heads, I should add, on a Muslim, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: wow. Isn't Brennan the same one who said the, the feckless delusion of the caliphate, duck?
2: <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. Yeah, um, Saudi trained and no. Uh, well, anyway, he's, he's, yeah. Okay, uh, that just really and, and folks, uh, both Mr. Hodges and, and Ms. Zelensky have had direct contact with Ammon Bundy. And to to be clear as well, if you go to uh, com, you can go to the uh, uh, the eighteenth is is when yesterday is when you did the. Uh, Interview, correct? Or what's uh, what what you're not being? No, we did
3: the 11th.
1: Last Monday, we did it, and it's actually on weekendvigilante.com. It's archived there under show archives. Really encourage your listeners, Doug, to go back and listen to what he says. He's so astute. He said he really believes that God wants them to be standing up because, again, they're preventing a revolution. You know, a lot of people have said, oh, what a bunch of misfits are out there in Oregon. These guys are begging for food. I mean, this is, we are getting such an incredibly uh, unrealistic picture of what they're doing. And, of course, they have been working with, and when I say they, I mean the Bundy family, this national treasure. We all know about Clive and Bundy and what they did, the last rancher standing. And, of course, The situation in Burns, Oregon is a little bit different. But again, you know, they again, back to Dave's comment earlier, people say, well, this is not the hill to die on. Well, what do you do, Doug and Joe, when you have this litany of government overreach and just ongoing abuses to the I mean, there's a lot of armchair commandos and keyboard patriots, but really to go and 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 stand up against tyranny, because look what is happening. And so I think this is where a good tie-in is to this is You know, we've talked a lot about that Fox and CNN, they effectively have... very controversial, I might add, very much controlled the narrative. And let's throw in the clergy response. Well, these these clergy response, to I I have another word, but it's a family show, so I'll just keep (laughs) that one. But this is stunning, what is happening with some of these uh, NORAD-trained clergy response. Go ask your pastor. Well, Dave, what do you want them to know about that? You've covered that extensively.
3: Well, I interviewed Pastor Walter Mansfield I think December of 2014, for the first time, and he was one of the original pastors recruited into the clergy response team. And he said they trained for activities inside FEMA camps. So, so much for their non-existence. And he went on, and he had documents, by the way, to verify everything he told me. And I published these documents on the CommonSenseShow.com. And Pastor Mansfield also went on and told me that they were instructed, and this is also in writing, DHS directives that when they're in the FEMA camps, they said, you're going to be dealing with people that are highly distressed and so forth. Do not invoke the Bible. Do not use the name Jesus, because that's been an oppressive philosophy for centuries, and people might not be able to handle that. And I'm paraphrasing, but effectively that's what they were saying. Well, Pastor Mansfield hung on a little longer because he wanted to find out how far this was going. He'd made his mind up he wanted out. And eventually he left. In fact, they even blackmail these uh, pastors. They give them, um, they say, you get a special badge when you're one of us. And if you're not one of us and you don't have a special badge, if we have a safe area, you won't be allowed in. So if they had a chemical or biological attack and you're a pastor without a badge from DHS and NOVAD, you don't get into wherever the safe area is. I mean, it's just sheer blackmail with death. There's an estimated... When they signed them up, twenty-eight thousand pastors. That began. Today, the estimates vary anywhere. They're widely varied between fifty and a hundred thousand people. Um, guys, I can't speak just to the lawlessness of this country. They have invaded everything we have. And there's one more thing I want to throw. You know, I want to put the cherry on the pie here, so to speak. I interviewed two farmers. One of them is Cliff Harris. He's done farm prognostications for over 40 years. He's really good. And another guy um, uh, has been a farmer for 40 years, um, Eddie Petrowski. And I had him on. I didn't say, I don't think I said 50 to 100 words in the course of an hour in my interview because of the fact that I wanted to hear the listening audience hear two farmers who understand how bad things are about the food supply And just let them talk. And i just let them talk. i just let them go on and on. Occasionally I'd give them a question, but I just wanted to have my listening audience hear them. And let me give you a couple things they said. Uh, Set the backdrop. Remember, BLM EPA wants farmers and ranchers off their land. Well, they both said that they estimate in 2016 15% of the food-producing farmers and ranchers are going to be off their land, and they're going to cease food production this year. They said this is going to cause a monumental food shortage and rapid food inflation that they contend is already happening. And Eddie's one of the biggest farmers in southeast Kansas. And he just said, Dave, it's everywhere through here. And Cliff said this is a worldwide trend, not just a national trend. They want farmers, private farming to stop and to be replaced by the corporate co-ops. People ought to go up and listen to that interview. If they go to thecommonsenseshow.com, they'll also find the Ammon Bundy interview. They'll also find this interview with uh, two farmer experts, is what I call them in the title, talk about the coming food shortage. And then I, I said, what's happening north of the border? Well, food inflation in Canada is going through the roof in some of those areas. And then we we see this going on worldwide. In Venezuela, it's an adventure to try to get home with groceries. People are hiring thugs and bribing them with food to safely escort them home. I mean, this is going on all across the planet. I think this is orchestrated. I think food prices. I'll give you an example. Here's why I say this. The Baltic Dry Index, which is the best measure of how products are moving in the world, is down to a record low of 373 as of two days ago. I think this is being manipulated to stop the flow of food so food can be used as a weapon. This is where I think this is all headed.
0: And Dave, yesterday we had on Ross Powell of Survival 401k and Steve Quayle, and I think uh, the latest numbers, uh, and I could be wrong, of the Baltic Dry Index were down to uh, 369, 369 yep. uh, as mm-hmm. of yesterday. And back at the in May 20th of 2008, it was up 11,000. And uh, that was during the U.S. recession that we had. Uh, so now it's da- it's down to 369. And we see warnings from economists saying that the 08 recession was nothing and, and be prepared because there's more uh, uh, economic crises and collapse coming that will dwarf what we saw in 2008. And um, the food shortages, the article about your food shortages was right on the money. And as far as the, the bird flu that we saw in the early spring uh, in summer of twenty fifteen, how that has affected the meat prices and poultry prices and prices of eggs since has that gotten any better? Have they been able to recover uh from those or are we still seeing yeah. we're still seeing the uh continuation of the shortage of of livestock
3: no, and they won't and um there's just so much going on with farmers and the and ranchers and the b l m and manipulation. Let me, let me, let me take a a detour here just for a second. I want to tell you about a story, and I'm absolutely convinced this is true. The man I just mentioned, Eddie Petrowski, called me, and he's in Pratt County, Kansas, and he said there were chlorine carrying railroad cars that the locals had seen accumulating on defunct, non usable railroad tracks. Chlorine carrying. Now, I also, when I wrote about this around a month ago, I also mentioned a U.K. uh, expert on terrorism using with ISIS. And he said, anyone who's connected to ISIS that comes in the United States or the U.K. now will know how to use chlorine weapons. And these locals saw this accumulation of cars. They would come like out of nowhere, and they were obscured. They'd be behind the tree line and so forth. And And the local sheriff was concerned, and the feds didn't respond to his... Inquiries and the police didn't respond. And so the locals, uh, one day they're driving down the road, and they find that these these cars had been moved. They couldn't move themselves. They had been moved, and they were blocking Highway 64, and this is when local law enforcement had the justification to get involved locally. Then they brought in the feds, and they took total control and shut the whole thing down. Now, if you go from these defunct railroad tracks, they hook up with, and I've not gone and done the research this on the land maps, they hook up with another set of railroad tracks that go 50 miles into Wichita, Texas, or excuse me, Wichita, Kansas. And it's my operating hypothesis that these trains, the cars, did not move themselves. They were moved, but the train track was in such disrepair they couldn't get it over the highway, and they were moving in the direction of these train tracks. It's my contention that these cars were going to be filled with chlorine, and we were going to see a terrorist attack in Wichita. And, and if you talk to some of the locals in Pratt, they'll tell you the same thing. And this, this, this is my operating hypothesis. This is how crazy things are getting on farmland. The feds won't talk to the local authorities. Both the sheriff and the, uh, and the police chief in Pratt uh, were concerned because they felt like they were shut out of the information flow and by the way, these chlorine cars, according to the local farm co-op in Pratt, Kansas, their co-op says this is going on all over the country. So people need to really take a look. Are you seeing chlorine-carrying cars? I think this could be an instrument of mass terror attack.
2: Coordinated, no less. Very and, good. And yeah, we, very much so, know, yes. And, and, Dave, um, and folks, uh, Dave Hodges had turned me on to this information some time ago. And i got to tell you, uh Every inquiry I've made has supported his operating hypothesis. So uh, I would, re- and also up here in northwest Pennsylvania, there's an issue here, although it is um, uh, kind of murky in terms of detail. So what, what Dave Hodges is saying is, is not without support from uh, independent research and investigation. Pretty
3: scary times we live in it's, um, it is It's a bad time to be a farmer It's a bad time to be a rancher And if these terrorists have their way And the feds keep looking the other way Because I believe that Obama and his minions Want to see these attacks take place So they can enact martial law Go forward with gun confiscation And then, you know, Katie bar the door That That's when we'll see hell on earth
1: well, and Dave, think about asphyxiating gases as first used in 1915 German attacks. So when you combine that with about 20 years ago, Japanese terrorist organizations carrying out a sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway, that killed more than 13 people. So when you say ISIS is likely in that U.K. report to initiate a chlorine attack on the U.K. and the U.S., people have to step back and take a macro view of what we're dealing with here. Mm.
2: Uh, and we need that we need that uh 35,000 foot view as i like to call it you know a view from a cruising altitude to really see what's going on. And just to reaffirm for people joining us, we are talking with Dave Hodges, The com, and Sheila Zelensky, Weekend com, and also, uh,
0: greengospel.ca, very important websites, all. Uh, but, uh, uh Dave's going to be with us for the next few minutes into the end of yeah, this hour, can, and yeah. Sheila's going to be staying with us into hour number two, where we're going to continue to talk about the, uh, the UN um, Agenda 21 and her book Green Gospel the New World Religion uh, Dave while we have you for the last few minutes of this hour as we've got about uh, nine minutes left um, what do you expect to see come out of this situation in Oregon uh, you know the worst case scenario you know we could see a Waco style um, yeah. you know a government a- a- attack uh, and it being blamed on the militia we see the rhetoric there or best case scenario everybody walks away and uh, you know uh, as for the Hammonds, who knows? Um, you know they're they're kind of in a, in a jackpot of their own that that's not of their own making. But um, what do you expect to see?
3: You know, I think all bets are off right now. I think the Feds don't know which way this is going to go. They're looking for an opportunity, I think, to bring this to an end. But I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, we really, what I really hope happens, is hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, Patriots will go to this area. even if it's on a rotating basis, we need to drive the stakes up of violence so high that the feds are afraid to act. See, when the feds killed those people in Waco by running the tanks through those walls and igniting that gas that burned them all to death, including children, uh, the people had been vilified, uh, the Branch Davidians had been vilified in the public's mind. Um, Sheila and I are doing our best to present Ammon Bundy in the light that he should be perceived. And I'm hopeful that if we could get their numbers from 150 to 1,500 or even 15,000, the Feds would find it counterproductive to act because then the public would see them for who they really are—a bunch of lawless thugs. So safety in numbers, and I and I hope more people go. Um, if that happens, I think this could have groundbreaking implications for the country. I think it'll wake up tons of people. I can't tell you the number of people that have written to me after they've heard the interview and said, I thought Bundy was a lawless thug, and now I've listened to him, I support him. And and this is what I get almost universally. Um, I think the feds, uh, the longer they let it go on, the better for people like us. But I want to take a macro view of this, too, and go beyond Burns, Oregon. We have a government uh, in terms of Obama, and I don't mean everyone in the government, because everyone in the government is not this way. But Obama and lynch and all the people who support the president in his inner circle they are lawless they are committed to the destruction of the united states they're subservient to the bankers and the new world order the united states and the the constitution and their oath of office mean nothing to them and people keep thinking well if we just change leaders no we'll change leaders for one set of banker approved leaders to another set of banker approved leaders we are on our own folks You know, if you look at the advertising I have on my show, and I'm not doing a plug here, but everything that I advertise for, and I don't accept any products that don't fit this model, there are things that people are going to need in the future. We are soon going to be on our own. There's going to be no 911 to call. We're going to see rampant lawlessness, a government that's out of control, and those that are the best prepared are going to be the ones who survive. And I would also add something that Sheila said in a very timely interview we did earlier today with Bob Griswold of Ready-Made Resources, and she said, make sure you include your Bible. And Sheila was right on the money when she said that. We are on our own, folks. We have to band together. You have to figure out who you can trust, form alliances. You need to have gold. You need to have guns. You need to have food. You need to have water. And you need to have the power of the Almighty Jesus Christ down your side because we 're ready to go into all the things we've been writing about all the things we 've been broadcasting about for the last twenty years are now coming into being it 's here these things aren't coming they're here right now at our doorstep
2: amen dave and and you how how succinct was that folks, and I hope you understood, and I know you did the message there Dave. For in the in the few waiting minutes here and moments of the show uh, for your uh, section of the show because I know you've got commitments after this tell people where to go to listen to the interview with Ammon Bundy
3: well they can go to one or two places they can go to Sheila's um, YouTube page and they can also go to the dot com and it's listed there very prominently and I'm going to repost it again tonight when I get in so it's the lead and I'm going to keep reposting it for about a month until we find out new information And it's no longer timely So that's that's what they can do And uh, people need to listen I mean I hear the conviction of Christ in his voice I was so moved By his interview That I said man I was wrong This is not the hill to die on He doesn't look at it this way He's trying to help people He's trying to prevent a revolution Ammon Bundy is a gentle soul Who cares deeply about this country He loves God he loves people and he's willing to give his life in defense of people. That's who I found out Amon Bundy was. And, and, and he has my utmost respect.
2: Fantastic. Well, well, Dave, you've got our utmost respect, I'll tell you that. Um, Thank and, you. folks, you know, uh, I, look, I've got to say the information that uh, Dave Hodges with Sheila Zelensky, but uh, specifically Dave Hodges on, on his website, the Common Sense Show.com. You've got you got to get up. You got to be following it, thecommonsenseshow dot com, and I'll tell you, it's updated mm-hmm. frequently. And you know the the one, the one video there are which are not being told about Oregon, uh, Dave Hodges and Sheila Zelensky's up there. But are we being set up for complete subjugation? And you know,
3: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, God bless you, my friend. I know you've got to run. You guys you for Yeah,
3: you you get my better broadcasting half here for. The rest of the show take advantage of it. Okay, she's terrific, but uh, guys, I'll, I'll come on anytime. When I look at the people that I, I, think the public can look to to trust and to follow, and and, and these people who care about America. You're listening to two broadcasters here, in Doug and Joe, and my partner Sheila, Ted Broer, Steve Quayle, on and on, guys. There are people who you can trust that you can't trust the people in Washington. I'm sorry to say that, but you oh, cannot. Man.
2: Yeah, it's obvious, you know it's obvious, but uh, many people still attempt to to hang on to that uh, Washingtonian um, hope that for a political solution to a spiritual problem. It is not going to be found, Mr. Hodges. God God bless you, my friend, and and thanks for the good work you do. And and again, thecommonsenseshow dot com, uh, your show every plug your show. Um, well, we got every, so,
3: every Sunday night, and you can listen to us right here on Global Star on their. Satellite feed soon to have a repaired Listen Live button. Also, the archives are posted, and Sheila and I are doing a daily show now here on Global Star from uh, four to five p.m. Eastern Time, and we have a lot of great guests.
2: Fantastic! Global Star is the place to be, and of course, four to five is the
0: time to listen. That's Eastern Time. Uh, to yeah, go you to got uh, well, you got uh, Ted Breuer on before that, then you got. Dave and, and Sheila, you have uh, Russ Dizdar on, and we're yeah. on just a great lineup here on Global Star Radio Network. And again, Dave, thanks for for spending yeah. your time with us this evening. We
3: are, we are the Bronx Bombers, guys? That's right. It's quite a lineup, huh? Okay, thanks, Helen. <laughs> <talk> <laughs> Keep soon. up the great
2: investigative thanks, Dave. journalism. Thanks. Dave. Okay. God bless you. You know, Sheila. Uh, wow, what a great you know what a great team. You, you guys are, and and it's fantastic the information that you've brought forward tonight during this hour. And uh, I'm glad you're staying with us, folks. Sheila Zelensky going to be with us after the
0: top of the hour. Man, you're not going to want to miss what she's got to say next. No, we're at the top of the hour break, folks. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Tuesday. Uh, January 19th, 2016. Stan Dale will not be with us tonight. Mm. Uh, he'll be back next week, but Sheila Zelensky will be with us into the next hour. Her new, book, her new book, Green Gospel, can be found at greengospel.ca. We'll be interviewing her for hour two.
3: This is the Global Star Radio Network.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two of this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is Tuesday, January 19th, 2016. As I said at the end of the last hour, Stan Dale will not be joining us tonight. You can wish him a happy anniversary.
2: Yeah. You send him an email, send him and Holly an email saying happy anniversary.
0: It's just going to say that everything was okay <laughs> on their end, um, but they just, Stan will not be with us till um, next Tuesday. And I did not know it was their anniversary. Probably because I didn't listen to the full voicemail. I just tried to call him back before. Um, I, I
2: spoke with Stan earlier, and you know, next week when he comes, I, I got to tell you, he's done a lot of research into the scriptural um,
0: aspect of of the setting up for the Antichrist. And it, we've done a lot of talking with him yeah. on our show uh, on the breaking down of his different theories and different people that he's uh, suspected and have, has been looking out for. And the um, you know we we've seen this uh, grow uh, right in front of our eyes, and and for him to continue to study and and to get deeper into it on our show that will just be fantastic uh, for the listeners and for us as well. Exactly. Now, our very special guest for this
2: hour is a very busy woman, Sheila Zelensky, and you can find out all uh, about Sheila Zelensky at. Weekend at vigilante dot com. I keep wanting to put you know, keep wanting to say the, but it's weekend at vigilante dot com, which will be linked off of our websites, and um, also also Green Gospel, Green dot ca. If you haven't visited Green Gospel, you got to do it. And in terms of the most compelling book, if you if you, if you want ammunition to. Uh, to, to put down forever and ever the lies about, uh, well, uh, about global warming and really understand what this climate change business, I said business deliberately, is all about. <laughs> Green gospel, okay? Green gospel, the new world religion. I'm going to tell you something. This book, in her book, Sheila Zelensky effectively demolishes most of what you think you know, that according to Dr. Timothy Ball. And, of course, um, uh, she uh, unmasks the true supernatural manifesting of arm of evil, revealing the green movement, and more. And that's from uh, Steve Quill.
0: Timothy Ball has been a guest on our show with Sheila in the past. Brilliant. uh, Yeah, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Now, with you. Sheila, in this hour, um, let's get into your book, Green Gospel, The New World Religion, and uh, as much as you want to get into it uh, without giving too much away.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you doing that. Um, well, so giving your listeners a little bit of background, I was a really high, top-level government executive. I was working for Environment, very similar to the EPA, and was in line for an assistant deputy minister in Ministry of Environment. And so it's kind of, again, equivalent to your EPA. And, of course, I stumbled across confidential information in 20, well, it was 2006, and it led me to speak out against the fraud of anthropogenic global warming. Now, that's a fancy word for man-made. So, again, it was stunning what Christine Stewart, the Minister of Environment for Canada Feds, said that we don't care if global warming is real or imagined. It's big money. And so, after she made that statement, I really went on a rampage to show and expose this agenda because... This book really shows you that the green agenda is the grandest of all tyrannical schemes. It'll follow the history and it chronicles the process and the exploitation for this communist anti-religion agenda. And it's very pantheistic. So I really recommend that people understand it's not about the environment. The issue's never been the issue, but it's become like this tsunami of globalism. And really what's frightening, I had on Mark Morano on my show back in December and he came on with the climate roundtable with a couple of other fellows that were in the belly of the beast back in Paris at COP twenty one just several weeks ago. And what the Pope was calling for, and I don't know when the Pope became a climatologist or Leonardo DiCaprio for that matter. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I, I kind of get into this very absurd idea that the Pope issued back in April of this year in a stunning move, and this was A frightening move. I would think Catholics would have been in a fervent uproar descending on the, you know, the conclave like a swarm of mad locusts. But what he did is he kind of put his moral authority, Doug and Joe, behind a stunning encyclical. This was a 182 page document that basically said, Hey, listen up, Catholics. You're going to bow down to Mother Gaia and like it because you plebs are giving Mother Gaia a fever. And that's actually what Al Gore has said on record. Now, Dave Hodges said something. The clergy response team, when they were training for the NORAD training, you know what they were told? They were they were told that long Christianity has been an oppressive force. Well, Al Gore actually says that very statement in his book, Earth and the Balance. He said that, you know, we have to start thinking about the fact that humans, the fact that they breathe. Now, Gore claims the IPCC, which is a fancy little group the un has a little climate change panel and that's the gold standard of scientific community that's what obama says so the fact is he accepts without question that carbon dioxide what you and doug and joe breathe it out we all do that causes runaway global warming temperatures now according to geological experts Shifts no get this, get a pen, folks. Shifts in CO two, because you hear it all the time. You hear carbon emissions, CO two, they have no correlation to global warming. CO two has nothing to do with temperature, has nothing to do with climate change. It in fact every record, Doug and Joe, from any period, that's any time period in the Earth's history, including the medieval warm period, temperature increases before CO2 does. That's in complete contradiction to the IPCC claim that CO2 increase causes temperature increase. So the most fundamental assumption of their whole claim is absolutely wrong. And the only place in the world on the planet where CO2 increases before temperature is in the good old computer models, the doctored computer models that, of course, Michael Mann was implicated in climate gate on. Anything that Ross McKentrick fed into that, Doug and Joe, they, they they put a litany of different numbers into those algorithms, and it produced a hockey stick protruding up 99% of the time. So there's so much hucksterism, is that a good word, that is involved
0: <laughs> with this? Oh, yeah, very much, yeah. And and what do you say to, um, I mean, there have been cases we see, especially in the U.K. and uh, in Europe where they're coming after they say the deniers of climate of global warming, man-made global warming. Um, we know you have personally went through some of these uh, governmental, um, you know, I don't even know what you call them, just crackdowns on different differing of opinions or differing of science. Um, well, are we going to see more of this, and are we? Do we expect to see this in the United States, where climate deniers and those who believe that man-made global warming is a is a farce to be persecuted?
1: Well, prosecuted. this way, in well, Al Gore's good pal, Naomi Oreskes, she's an affiliate professor of Earth and planetary sciences. There's a handle at Harvard. And she likes the ideas of having climate deniers like Sheila Zelinsky prosecuted under the RICO Act. As a matter of fact, I'm getting sued over my book Green Gospel because of Michael Mann and David Suzuki have a little front group, so you know they want me to just shut up and go away. So under pro- this is this is what Naomi, Naomi Reskes has actually said this on record. Doug, you'd appreciate this prosecuted under the RICO Act. Now I'm sure everybody's aware of the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, and Mister, as I call him, David the Hack Suzuki, Mister Nature of Things. He's always running around saying that species are all dying out every week because of those beer-guzzling, pizza-gobbling, useless-eating plebs that are giving Mother Guy a fever. Now, Al Gore actually sat at a group of... He was actually talking to a bunch of students in Toronto, and one of the students said, Mr. Gore, excuse me, but hasn't there been an 18-year trend of cooling, and this is what Al Gore said, I'm sure your listeners will love this one, well, this is what he said on record, global cooling, that's true, it has been cooling, but global warming is causing global cooling, global <laughs> warming is causing global cooling, I mean, get real, Doug and Joe. <laughs> we
0: know the, uh NOAA has been caught manipulating temperature data for the break in the warming periods. Uh, or the global cooling period over the last 15 to 18 years, NOAA's been caught going back and rounding up the figures of, of worldwide temperatures to make the global cooling period disappear. Um, what do you say to that? Because we have a lot, of, you know, the, the UN and other international bodies say no, no, there's nothing here. Congressional hearings try to bring it up and they get, uh, you know, uh, labeled as, as trying to bring up, you know, party uh, divisions and whatnot. I mean, a- any and everything to, to skirt away from the real issue.
1: Well, this is the problem, is you have these really huckster groups like the IPCC, who, I might add, gets a lot of their information from NOAA, the um, It's the oceanographic. It's basically under NASA's James Hansen's department, and they really look at temperature increase. So people might want to type that in a Google search. So what they do, though, and this is the stunning part. Roger Pachura was the head of the IPCC, this climate. Well, it's actually called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, but in my book I call them the International Panel of Climate Crooks because they admit on record right on their website that they're not even a scientific body. That's frightening. And yet Obama says they're the gold standard of climate science. But they say (laughs) right on their website that they're not a scientific body. Now, what Petra said in an interview, people can look this up in the New York Times, he actually said this before he was let go for well, we'll just say him and his pedophile pals were charged in a ring, and then he resigned his position back in February last year. But this was the guy that was chairing this committee who was also a railway engineer. I'm not sure what that has to do with climate. But he actually said on record, this this job, it wasn't just a job to me. It was my dharma, my religion. Now, here's a Vedic mystic, you know, kind of like a guy into mysticism and Vedic Hinduism. And he actually said on records that humans are a problem so think about that the fact that you (coughs) exhale co2 now what's really frightening is the epa got classified epa as a harmful pollutant so what you breathe out is a problem to these people so the very god-given necessary byproduct for human life or as i call it plant food you know it's it's being demonized as a harmful deadly pollutant so that in itself, if, if if people just step back and think about the implications for that, what you breathe out is deadly. It's a pollutant. And so if you have CO2 levels dropping off on the earth below 160 parts per million, we all die. So if anything, CO2 should be increased. You see that in the greenhouse gases. So it's just it's amazing how under the guise of this very benevolent, hey, we're going to live sustainably, sustainability and eco-friendly, because it sounds good. It doesn't sound malevolent, but it's really very nefarious and insidious, Doug and Joe. You,
2: you know, I, I find it very interesting, Sheila, that um, back in May of 20, well, back in May last year, the Australian Prime Minister's Chief Business Advisor, Said that climate change, and I quote, is a ruse led by the United Nations to create a new world order under the agency's control, and uh, that the statement made, of course, coincided with a visit from the UN's top climate negotiator, And, and Maurice Newman, the chairman of Prime Minister Tony Abbott's business advisory. Council said that the UN is using false models, which show sustained temperature increases, because it wants to end democracy and impose authoritarian rule. And uh, and I'll just read one more quote here, which really amplifies what you said. He he, right? Or he said uh, it's a well-kept secret, but 95% of the climate models we are told prove the link between the human co2 emissions and catastrophic global warming have been found after nearly two two decades of temperature stasis to be in error so um yeah everything that that you have written and stated has been endorsed or confirmed by the people who are behind the scenes and now coming out or have come out and said this is all this is all a, a, a takeover. This is all a consolidation of power under a basically a new world, one world government of authoritarian rule. I mean, this is a, this is not about climate at all, is it?
1: No, it's really not. And what's frightening about that? That guy was actually talking to a UN insider. And they came out and said, hey, listen, this is a ruse is a good word that you just used, Doug. And this is where, you know, I kind of start off in my book about this is a very ancient pantheistic religion that really dominated the Egyptian, the Babylonian and Grecian Roman empires. And it probably started with the Moabites. I don't get into that. I was thinking of the, the Amorites, the Moabites and all those ites, you know, kind of the these pagan groups from the time of Moses and before Lot, who was Abraham's nephew. He was really the progenitor of the Ammonites. And so I get into a little bit on the Nimrod connection. But I basically move it up in history, and I explain how this stuff really got kickstarted with Karl Marx. And I say, in order to understand this green agenda, it's critical to know the ideas of this self proclaimed I mean, that guy, Karl Marx, was frightening. He was a self-professed Satanist. He wrote... I mean, everybody knows the Communist Manifesto, and he kind of began his rebellion against God. He was a student of University of Berlin. He was strongly influenced by philosopher George Hegel and his followers, the Young Hegelians, and their goal was straightforward. It goes right back to Al Gore's book, Earth and the Balance: Eliminate Christianity, you know, this oppressive force. So, in nineteen no, pardon me, eighteen forty-eight, Marx and Engels they presented this final formula for world revolution, they called it, what did I just say, the Communist Manifesto so in chapter 2 they actually state the central objective of a new world order they talk about, Doug depopulation, the abolition of private property, destroying foundations of capitalist economy I mean he absolutely loathed the American ideals of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, so they really created this floodgate for another form of tyranny. So it really comes down to environmentalism, as I call it, the new religion for the new age. Now, interesting that Václav Klaus, he was the former president of the Czech Republic. He lived through communism. He was very aware of it. And so he explained in a really amazing book that I read back in 2007 called Blue Planet in Green Shackles. And what he says on page five is he says, there is another threat on the horizon and i see this threat in environmentalism which is becoming a new dominant ideology if not a religion and that's really how i thought this is this is a gospel of green so that's where i came up with my book title and i talk about i call the first chapter watermelons because it really is green on the outside but it's the blood-red communist ideology that's fused throughout of this and so you know, when Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, they appealed to these founders of collectivism because it contradicts a structure founded on belief in God. They promoted totally different moral system through advanced education. They think that we can kind of become masters of the universe with no room for anything other than their so-called truth and this ties into Darwinism it ties into how Hitler took political control you know I mean even Stalin I mean we know he directly or indirectly murdered more people than any political person in history so if you have got Karl Marx and you've got guys like Stalin Mao Zedong I mean look at these guys it's frightening how many people these guys killed and so You know, you think about Nixon. He didn't just create the EPA, but he signed the National Environmental Policy Act, or NEPA, which people can put that in a search, and that required environmental impact assessments for all projects, not just large-scale federal product. So Marx and Engels and Ehrlich, I call them the conjoined uh, Marxist triplets, they actually wrote this stunning book, And, you know, they really believe that Reverend Thomas Malthus, who believed that population growth would exceed the food supply, playing right out of Marx's playbook. Paul Ehrlich, listen to this now. This is important. A Stanford University professor, and, of course, he's long opined there are far too many people requiring far too many resources, just like Joe and I played a clip, remember, Joe, Mm -hmm. of... uh, good old Ted Turner. I call Bill uh, Gates and Ted Turner. Bill and Ted's excellent depopulation adventure. That's a new movie. So anyway, they actually said that there was going to be a population bomb. And actually, that's the name of Ehrlich's book. And who signed his dust jacket cover? A Tennessee senator named Al Gore. So we see how these people are, you know, frighteningly into this fact that we should put sterilants in the water. We have to do something with this incredible, you know, population growth that's going to exceed the food supply. So that's what these guys have done, and this is where we're at today. You
2: you know, um, I I just cannot, well, folks, it's, there's so much information that Sheila has brought out just in the uh, 20 minutes here or. 15 minutes that that she's been talking just now about this. And I just want to draw your attention, ladies and gentlemen, because we've done programs about, for example, the Georgia Guidestones. Okay. Now, do, do remember that little segment we did, ladies and gentlemen, about the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, last and, Thursday. Right. Okay. And who was behind that? When you, when you look, and, and, and Chris Pinot um, uh, did a fantastic job about those uh, Georgia Guidestones in a DVD and it turned out to be uh, of, uh, an Iowa physician who was a front man for a group of people and if you start deconstructing the uh, uh, dots or connecting the dots and deconstructing the Um, The structure that's been erected in terms of the agenda, you can see who's behind this. And you know what, Sheila? It does trace to some interesting, it has some interesting nexus points with exactly what you're talking about. Depopulation. And not just depopulation, but a massive depopulation, and eugenics especially against, I'm sorry, but blacks, or anyone seemingly having, having an inferior intellect. And uh, this goes back to, again, what you said, 1848, the publication of the Communist Manifesto by Moses Mordecai Marx Levy, otherwise known as Karl Marx, a, a-, a member of an Illuminati Front organization called the League of the Just. And, of course, um, his attitude toward God is reflected in your book, um, green gospel, and because he stated we must war against all prevailing ideas of religion, of the state, of the country, and of patriotism. So there he's attacking religion organized, well, I shouldn't say organized by the monotheistic religions, the three primary monotheistic religions, to take down and replace it with Gaia worship. Or the more familiar climate control and the occult significance, Sheila, and I'm going to be quiet and turn it back over to you, of the Paris uh, conference that they had recently. The occult significance there is so extremely important. Once you understand exactly what was going on, the dates, the messages conveyed from that uh, climate conference, where Gore was... uh, Wasn't Gore, Sheila, wasn't he given a standing ovation? Was it Gore? No, it was Kerry, I think it was. One of them was given a standing ovation. Yeah. So all all of this. Yeah, go ahead, Sheila.
1: You're so right. There is a lot of nuances that are tied into the occult, of course. We know that even National Socialism, Hitler was really kind of the first environmentalist. They (laughs) drank deep from social Darwinism and more than a few Nazis were very attracted to the early forms of environmentalism you've got Martin Bormann; people can look that up, the fear himself he had his fingers in the green pie that the National Socialism offered to Germany. So as early as 35, Doug, that's 1935, Nazi Germany was above the greenest regime on the planet. And so yeah. look at what uh, Marx stated in Das Kapital. That actually, Hitler commented on that. He saw nature, not humankind, as supreme. And he actually said on record that the environment has to be protected from commercial development, stating that, and people can look this quote up, man must not fall into the error of thinking that he was ever meant to be lord and master of nature. Well, what does God say in the Bible? We're not to be worshipping the creation. We're to be worshipping the creator. So Hitler perceived pollution as a direct result of capitalism. And what's stunning, and of course you have these guys that were into the deep ecology and what's really, I guess it's devastating remark that he made. He said, you know, I've put into practice is what these peddlers and pushers, pen pushers, you know, talking about the whole of national socialism being based on Karl Marx. So Hitler's fatherland, that meant everything to him. And privately, he was in these groups, as Steve Quayle brought out in his book so well, The Empire Beneath the Ice. He gets into the Thule Society, the Vril, these very dark, deep, occultic people. And Hitler himself was totally demonized. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yet privately, and even perhaps publicly, he conceded that National Socialism was based on Marx. You know, that is just absolutely frightening. And and that
2: to many that is almost an intellectual impossibility given the uh, facts that we are told in history books and civic lessons and high school and academia. It doesn't seem to fit, but it does. It does fit. So again, ladies and gentlemen, please connect the dots and, and understand. And Sheila does a great job in and, and bringing the present and the future plans of this criminal cabal cabal of globalists and their their uh really national socialists slash uh communist yes, they do go together agenda for this complete takeover of well, our complete subjugation. And and it's just uh it, this to me, uh Sheila and, and I we have not talked about this as much as we should, you're Book Green Gospel really connects the dots. All two hundred and six pages of it, and I got to tell you, it's a fantastic read. So, it's an important addition to to libraries, and especially if you want to talk with authority folks about uh, about really what's going on. This is more than just climate change. This is more than just guy worship. This connects yeah. the dots.
0: You know, and is uh, the subtitle of the book: The New World Religion. You, Sheila, you were making reference to back to Nimrod and, and back to the, the ancient practices in, in Babylon in Babylon. You know, we went to the uh a Nephilim Mounds conference in yeah. Ohio oh, yeah. and we saw and, and and there's a book that's out that we got while we were down there that show all these different uh types of mounds that were set up by um, supposed giants who were here in North America. How do the giants in these mounds play into the uh the Gaia worship, if at all?
1: Well, again, I just think if you look at the, you know, Lot, who was, again, Abraham's nephew, is really, again, the progenitor of the Ammonites. If you look at the very ancient pantheistic religions that dominated that whole time period, you mentioned Babylonian, but still Grecian, Roman, Mm -hmm. Egyptian, it started off with the Moabites. And so then you can get into Nimrod, you can get in the occult. You know, he's really the father of the modern-day occult, really the time of Moses you look at these these Ammonites if you actually look at what they were doing it's very frightening forms of idolatry and we could get into Nimrod, but again, I, there's so much that you could go off on uh, another whole rabbit trail with this. I wanted to keep the book 200 pages because this is no ex of Vatican. And people said, well, I heard Tom Horn say that Defender wanted to publish this book. Well, he, he usually publishes books around 900 pages. So he said, if, you know, we want to publish it, but, you know, <laughs> can you do it three times as big? And I thought, well, you know, I wanted, I wanted to make it, just so it was very generically you know it's kind of meant for Christians because that's a problem with this is it's got a very sinister sort of deep dark demonized piece of this and what's frightening people go well how does this even affect me as a Christian Sheila well think about this with the the help of our friend Al Gore the National Religious Partnership Doug and Joe they sent out environmental literature to over a hundred and 97,000. It was very close to 200,000 congregations in the West to some 500 million plus congregants and they were calling for the church to make the protection of earth a central message of their churches and they were even giving out these huge Go Green grants and even the this is stunning, the evangelicals jumped on board when you had good old Huckster signatory of the CRF. He's on the Council of Foreign Relations. Rick Warren, good old saddleback mega church Huckster in Lake Forest, California. He actually worked with Al Gore and got all these signatories. They were, there was a stunning amount of signatories in evangelical leaders. So when you had this even, and people can put this in a, a search, the evangelical climate initiative, like think of that. You've got paganism being woven into the, the, into Christian circles. And that is the most devilish scheme in modern history. And so again, people go, well, I don't really get what the big deal of this is. So not only does environmentalism, it brings in a whopping hundred billion a year levy that's bankrolling George Soros and Strong and Gore and all these people, but people couldn't save the planet even if they wanted to. The climate's been changing since God created it, and they know it. But man's trying to play God by changing this scenario. God's not waiting for us to solve the problem of global warming and climate change. We're waiting for him to solve our global curse with his return. So, you know, reverence doesn't pertain to things but to persons. And, you know, this green gospel, they revere the impersonal creation more than a personal God. And that's why I think we have to be careful, because God indicts those who worship the creation instead of the Creator. And like a cancer, this gospel, the green gospel, is spreading through thousands, tens of thousands of churches, Doug and Joe. And many people have no idea of what is being advanced here because it's cloaked in the seemingly benevolent going green mantra of the day and again this church of climate change it is really it's saying out with God in with the gospel of Gaia and people go well who's mother Gaia so you can call her Maya Diana, Gaia ISIS, you can call Isis.
0: ISIS from Babylon, Diana from the Greeks. Yeah, yes, it's the same, Isis. same, same uh, small G goddess. Uh, t- just different names based on the uh, the countries or, or regions in power. And if I can, Sheila, to back up what you said about how you know we're not worshiping uh, the Creator the way that they worship the crea- the created things in Romans chapter one, um, and I'll just read verse. Uh, I'll start at 22 through 25. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changing the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to, unclean thoughts, uh, or to uncleanness through lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served, the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever and ever, Amen. Mm. Powerful, relevant.
1: Well, I have a—I yeah. I quoted that exact scripture in Romans in my book. Funny you should bring that up. But Gaia worship—when people say, "You know, I don't really get it"—well, look no further than your Starbucks coffee cup, folks. Yes, and Gaia worship. It's diametrically opposed to Christianity. It doesn't make any allowance for one true God who created all things of nature, but instead this pantheistic Gaia worship. It's rooted in the premise that all the earth and all of nature is God. And like Al Gore puts in his book, the sentient being that is Mother Earth. That is just that's frightening.
0: Yeah, and in the you know the United Nations Lucius Trust or Lucifer's Trust, and Alice Bailey's writings, they talk about this. Uh, Gaia worship, even in their new world religion that they have set up under the Lucius Trust and the UN in their writings, <clears throat> they talk about how when the 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 Christ appears, the reappearance of the Christ, Alice Bailey's books, uh, they talk about when this new, it's what we know as the Antichrist, but they'll say that the Christ is going to reappear on the earth or appear on the earth for the first time. Um, the weighted Messiah, what the, Ma- the Islam is called, you know, the Mahdi, what... Um, the, the jewish believers who believe is the messiah and people who are are new age and and don't know are going to accept as the messiah just as jesus said you know i will not accept but another will come after me and he you know will be accepted um this person is going to uh come onto the scene and they're going to have this new system of of worship and religion and in the u.n's own documents it talks about how they're going to do these invocations and holidays, and it's going to be based on signs of the Zodiac, and it's going to be for the Mother Earth and for their worship. The UN actually, in 2012, released the State of the Planet Declaration, where they talked about rights for for, uh, the Earth, the the Earth's Declaration of Rights.
1: And you know what they did at that? You mentioned that word, invocation. You know what was used as the invocation at that very Earth Summit you're talking about? And in Rio de Janeiro in '92. It said, From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. The purpose which the masters know and serve, let light and power restore the planet earth. You know where that's from? The source of light in that great invocation is Lucifer, and the Mm plan intends to implement world government and religious, uh, kind of like a one-world global climate authority. And that's grounded in occult powers because the creed, is part of a great invocation based in Theosophy. Now, you mentioned Alice Bailey, you mentioned Lucius. Very astute points, because Theosophy is this very eclectic mishmash of Eastern and Western religions. It's very closely aligned with Vedic Hinduism. And although the Theosophical Society originally started in New York in the late 1800s, it wasn't until... Alice Bailey, and she was a hardcore Luciferian. She broke away from that society in the early 1900s and created, as you just said, Lucifer Trust, and it gained power in America. That Lucius Trust, it was formerly Lucifer Trust, so think about that Lucifer Trust and get Mm -hmm. this. Every single thing the publishing house of Lucius, it's now Lucius Trust, prints and disseminates it's United Nations material under the IPCC. So that's a pretty devastating indictment of the New Age and pagan nature of the United Nations. You think about the fact that Lucius Trust, which was established in 22 as Lucifer Trust by Alice Bailey's publishing company, her and Blavatsky and this Theosophical Society, they actually disseminated a ton of literature. And what did they want? They had a little slick program called World Goodwill, and in fact, Alice Bailey, she called for a world citizenship that's very closely aligned with the real ID that long ago. And it's just interesting to throw this in there on a final note that Lucius trust office, Doug and Joe in New York, was located at 666 United <laughs> Nations Plaza. So there you go. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no message there, of course. Uh, Sheila, if I can toss in, a listener had uh, sent us an email, and this is more of a comment, but you you might want to comment on this. Uh, Betty J., I'll just call her, uh, writes, I read his book, or this is Global Warming, the subject is Global Warming, in Michael Crichton's book, or Crichton, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, book, State of Fear.
1: Michael Crichton.
2: Crichton, um, thank you very much. A little slow in the uptake here right now. Anyway, he, he writes, I read his book, State of Fear, quite a few years ago. In the foreword, I think that's where it was, said that the story was make-believe, that Dana was real. And he had tons of references in the back of the book, all proving there was no global warming. I wonder if that's why, perhaps, he might have died so young. Just kind of an observation there. Interesting. Um hmm. So yeah, I mean, if you want to comment on that, that's that's up to you. But it's 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 interesting because this is big business. This is about subjugation of humanity. This is about this. Well, this is for all the marvels, basically. This is how they're going to institute. Hey, well, let me ask you: Is this the way, um, or or at least the key part of the infrastructure for the new world government? I mean, is this what it is? The global warming, climate change. Well, Um,
1: one of your listeners last night sent me a copy of your show because I hadn't had a chance to listen to all of it. I had another commitment. I I listened to the first hour, and Ross is so good. Wow. Um, Anyway, something Steve said on there, he was talking about the pale horse of the apocalypse and what people have to know is the chloros horse it's it's really and people can grab a concordance and look up pale horse and you know look at how the green movement ties into radical Islam and the green fog that came into the UN when uh, Ahmadinejad was president of Iran that's addressing the UN General Assembly so I think a lot of these things that people just don't understand how all the green dots connect here, Doug. And your this Betty is Betty your name? She made an astute point. It's funny how when authors expose some of these agendas, they suddenly take you know trips downstairs. They break their neck. They have their their shot eight times in the back. It's <laughs> suicide. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. Even Stanley Kubrick when he was doing that movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman he actually was exposing some deep dark illuminati secrets and he died under very strange circumstances when he was filming that movie so it's just a person has to be careful you know what they're exposing and of course exposing this sinister agenda there there wasn't any book out there that was talking about the key points of this there was a lot of books on climate gate and there was a lot of books on other sort of pieces of this, like the cooked books on the IPC and Michael Mann's hockey stick and climate models that are just a crock. So there was a lot of those kind of books, but there wasn't an actual book that was tying this into the Christian perspective, tying Replacing God with Gaia, tying in the Pope and his encyclical and how the Pope is working lockstep with the UN. There wasn't any book that was... Kind of taking the culmination and the coalescence and the convergence of all this stuff, there wasn 't anyone really talking about it, so I felt compelled to write this book for that reason. If I could get a truckload of books and give them out free, I might just do that in Dallas actually, Doug and Joe just give them give them out Whoa. because this is such timely information, and there's so many people even Christians that are running around recycling and they've they got their little eco-friendly smart car. And that's disgusting to me. That and, and I might offend some people here, but it wouldn't be the first time. I think that anybody that's going green as a Christian, that's diabolically pantheistic and pagan. And if you're doing that as a Christian, folks, well, you need to get my book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking here on Amazon and so many great reviews but um you know it's well let me back up because you did say something and i just want to make this statement you know sheila Zelensky is a is a is a good friend of the program good friend of ours professional colleague and uh uh, if I could say that, I'd like to believe that uh, that we we're up to her caliber. Uh, so if anything does happen to Sheila, okay, because, you know, look, you know, accidents do happen, however, I would be very suspicious. So we have your back. So for those listening, we have your back. But yeah, so many great reviews on Amazon about this. And, and um, folks, you got to understand, trolls come out and they, they, they put stuff, and they, you know, uh, I, I'm sure the gore, followers will attempt to uh you know any, any good to, work or, is going to have is going to have troll comments on it that's, that's right so of what the topic is you know make sure that we lift up Sheila in prayer for protection as well as practical uh you know support by purchasing her book and, and this is not look uh, this is from me okay um you know we don't sell books but I'll tell you one thing. This is an important book to have to understand. And and you know this does. You do connect a lot of the dots. You've done your homework on this. You've made it very concise. There is nothing um, really that you've left to uh, left a chance here. A lot of truth, a lot of facts, a lot of quotes, historical data, and it, this this really does cast an entirely different light on what's going on behind the curtain of these uh, uh, people who espouse this green agenda. And uh, it's so important to understand the big picture. And, you know, one more thing before I turn it back to you, Sheila. I I, I often say that, uh, I often cite the uh, Rush says, you know, um, it's the job of the callers to make the host look good. Of course, he says that in -in tongue-in-cheek, okay? Now, think about that. It's the job of the callers to make the host look good, meaning him. Well, uh, this is obvious. This is extremely obvious. It's the artifact or the consequence of guests like sheila that make us look good as hosts so i mean really folks this uh the, the, it's amazing i mean thank you for for being a part of our program on this uh and i uh, no false flattery but extremely and, and i'll tell you something you really were you at, like a detective you know in your previous your no
1: I, I was just Man. i wanted terrible bureaucrats that didn't know any better and I mean I really was off protecting the environment in the early days of back in like 2000 and 2000, up to 2006 when I started exposing this, because, you know, really, we think that protecting the environment as good stewards of the earth, it's a noble effort, right? So, my book, it really chronicles the history of the environmental movement, its creators and their goals, but it also takes you back decades to the origins of environmentalism, because people have to have the facts, Because over the years, you know, and I get that people are passionate about saving the planet. I get that. And you might be a bit skeptical and say, well, I I think that, you know, she's off on this complete other end of the continuum. And it's really interesting. I did a show recently on this book, and the comments on the YouTube video were frightening. You know, you, you guys talked about these jackals, the schools of piranha, the Donkeys, I'll say (laughs) donkeys. Donkeys, biblical. Jackass, I think, is biblical. (laughs) But, you know, the comments on there were so relegating me to the depths of the damned, and those were the good ones. And I thought, wow, that is frightening. And it's funny, the, the most horrendous comments ever that I've ever saw on a YouTube channel or YouTube thread was the video... I put up of David Langford and I, Pastor Langford doing Hebraic roots and the pre trib versus post trib rapture, if that isn't a stream of frightening comment. I mean, this is supposedly Christians and it was so horrendous. And I, I'm I'm all I'm a big proponent for free speech, but when you get into the nastiness and swearing and just oh, it was just frustrating, Doug and Joke. So of course you get the jackals and the hyenas and you get the you know, the who's who at the uh, whatever, call them progenitors of just stirring up the pot and you get these CoIntel Pro. I think there's some, half the operatives that are you know, just trying to stir up crap but you should see the frightening comments and you should, Sheila, you better go research a flat earth, you know, don't even get me started on yeah. that
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> There was a good write up the other yeah. day about how the, and this is not disparaging anybody's opinion uh, but how the, the flat earth uh, how it's been used to, to show how easily one can be swayed or, or manipulated or how one's thought process or belief can be changed um, without any real... I mean, none of us have been up in space to see for ourselves, you know, the Lord has not taken us and shown us. Uh, we know what we know based on science and how, the, you know, the orbits and whatnot, and, and through history, uh, centuries and centuries of historical scientific data, but to to see the influx of that theory and how it just took off, and then the the if you don't believe this way, you're wrong and um the just the the craziness around that whole um the theory and, and the un- unimportance of it too at the same time, as my dad pointed out, you know it's not a salvation based issue yet it is dividing Christians uh, against Christians when we yeah. see yeah. you know when yeah. we get to the root of it, and that's just very concerning um, you know for for all I care, if the earth's flat, that's fine. If it's round, that's fine too. Who cares? But that's not what we're here, and that's not what this is about. And we I need to the- understand the nature of the battle.
1: Very astute. Because flat or round, who really cares, right? But saving the earth, that's a whole other piece of this. Saving the flat earth, there's a book title.
2: <laughs> but. <you> know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. When you said that, it just it, it, it made me chuckle, um, saving the flat earth. Go ahead, Go ahead, Sheila. Well,
1: anyway, there's no disrespect, of course, to any of your listeners that support that, but I've researched it incredibly. I've listened to Rob Skiba. I actually had Rob Skiba on my show last year, and 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 that's fine. I mean, fair enough. If we only had guests on our shows that 100% believed everything that we believed, I'd have two guests, Doug and Joe, so... Maybe three. So that will make for a very good lineup, I guess. So I think the point is, Joe raised a really good point, the nastiness that is fueled on some of these topics, like the pre-trib versus post-trib. Now, just on record, I'm not a pre-trib fan. I don't believe we're just kumbaya, we're out of here. That's just not what I believe. But as you so eloquently said, I think this is the astute point, it's not a salvation issue, and that's a really important piece, because you could put 27 pastors around a circle, and I bet you they wouldn't even agree on, they would not agree on certain things. But I'll tell you what, I was a preacher until I read Pastor David Langford's book, second coming, a second look. And, you know, after a 40-day fast and the story behind that, well, I highly recommend people go back and look up my YouTube channel at WeekendVigilante.com or get the app. There's a new app if you type Weekend Vigilante in. And actually, it's linked there, that show, because what he raises in that show I mean I also remember when I got relegated to the depths of the Down when I had Chuck Missler on and you gotta remember I didn't even know Chuck Missler was a pre tribber or at least a mid tribber. I didn't know there was a separate group of mid tribbers. But you know, there was a lot of people furious at me for that show. But I really like a lot of Chuck Missler's work. I will always mm-hmm. really highly respect him. But if we only had guests that believed what we believed, we'd be it'd be frightening. When it's-
2: yeah and you know we we invite people to talk on certain subjects that they they're experts in for example you know i've done i've been in so many courtrooms so many trials so many venues so many locations and, and you call witnesses to the witness stand if you're part of the trial and and they might be a uh, you know i mean uh, they might believe in in ufo's aliens and uh, you know be hindus but but if they're experts in their line of uh, testimony, the subject that they're testifying on, it, it's irrelevant what their belief system is unless it affects what they're testifying to and that, that's kind of like as interviewers that's that's how we have to handle things and this is how you handle it too and, and you've got a great show great, I, I mean its I, I just love what you do because you do it so well and you're so very articulate, much more than we are and much more than I am and i got to tell you that that really means a lot um, to listen to you and, and but but you know, um, getting back to your book, I want to ask you this question because one thing I want to ask about the about the book itself and about your findings. Overpopulation seems to be even among Christians seems to be a concern. What, what, in your book, and I know you address this, overpopulation is a myth, right? Talk to, talk
0: to us about that.
1: Well, well, think about Henry Kissinger. What did he say? At, on? You can type this in a search in a document called NSSM 200, and it's called Implications of Worldwide Population Growth for U.S. Security and Overseas Interests. If that isn't a who's who of frightening depopulation plans, I don't know what it. And President Gerald Ford actually, Doug, signed that into government policy in 1975, so you got Eisenhower. He warned of the military industrial complex. He commissioned a panel of scientists to study the very issue of overpopulation. And then, of course, you get into, you know, the slickster Bill Gates, who has a penchant for vaccinating everybody in the world. And of course, he's a big depopulationist. You have frightening quotes coming out of these people's mouths like Prince Philip, the pedophile pals of Bill Clinton and others, I mean, I'm telling you right now, these people are, they're just straight up demonized, and these are guys saying, you know, if I ever came back as a deadly virus, because, you know, reincarnation is a big priority, I'm going to come as a virus to wipe out the planet's population, and going back to that 2050 report, you know, what happened to the 250 million people? That's even on Deagle.com, and then you get these frightening characters, like the Pope's, uh, Schnellhuber is his name. People can look that up. That's his science advisor saying, listen, we need to get, and go look at the New York Times. This isn't Sheila Zelinsky saying it. He actually is a huge depopulationist. Even the Pope has said some frightening statement in Philippines. He said, well, you Catholics, you better not breed like rabbits. Well, they're, they're typically pretty, anti-abortion, but the Pope is saying things. I mean, this Pope has said so many, don't even get me started on this one world Pope recently. I have an article on calling for a one world religion panel to get together and come and just, let's work through our issues. But Henry Kissinger and Rockefeller finance research groups were looking into birth control, sterolins in the water, other eugenics projects by the U.S. government. So it's frightening how this all also ties into, you know, these micro-stack impacts in these new smart cities where the technocrats control every area of your life. We see it happening in Oregon. Two words, Burns, Oregon, and another two words, Bundyville. (laughs) So, you know, it's all all part of the bigger picture of this absolute tyrannical global governance. That's what it's all about, control.
0: And you're right, Sheila, and they're trying to get everybody under that control to the point that people who live off the grid who homeschool their children, are being you know, uh, charged with cr- crimes, uh, be made to be put back on the grid or having their children forced to go back into public schools. <clears throat> and that's just the tip of the iceberg uh, as far as what they're doing to get people into the system so that they can control them as part of the system. We're in the last minute or two of the program here before we let you go, Sheila. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Uh, let people know when you're broadcasting, where they can listen to you, where they can find your archives, and where they can get your book.
1: Oh, thanks, Joe. Well, it was a pleasure to join you guys again. It's so good to be back on with you guys. So, essentially, people can go to com. That's where the typical radio show broadcasts. I'm 6 p.m. Eastern daily. And this week I'm simulcasting because I'm co-hosting on Dave Hodge's show, and we're of course on the beautiful Global Star Radio Network, which Todd is just such an incredible... That guy's a master, I'm telling you. So anyway, I'm on there this week, and we don't know how long we're going to be doing this, but we've kind of taken the two of us and teamed up because there was so much to cover, the some of the breaking news and some of our sources and insiders, we had to sort of fused sources so that's going to be happening this week i have a new app for smart devices if you go to the app store and type in weekend vigilante it'll come up there it's a great new customized app for the listeners it's even better than rick wells's app there there's a plug <laughs> so uh,
2: yeah i love your app by the way Thanks. that's a fantastic app
1: don't and one other ahead. thing I'll just tell the listeners, this is important. Um, I've been asked, again, to go to Hear the Watchman. I was originally on the agenda back in September. And anyway, long story short, I'm actually going to be in March 18th to the 20th. I am going to be attending that event and on the media panel and maybe even doing some MCing with my good friends Doug and Joe Hagman, so that'll be fun to get back together. And I'm looking forward to. I'll be bringing some books, so if anybody wants a signed copy or wants me to sign their book, please do get my book. Though this is six years of my research, and I think it's you know Amazon's always price chopping the original. <laughs> I think it's on there for like twenty something bucks now. But you know, and it's this is my first book, and I never want to write another book. Just for the record, because. I never want to go through this experience again. But, I mean, Lord willing, we'll see what happens. But it was a pleasure to come on.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third and final hour of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. It is Monday, or, yeah, Tuesday. Let's go with Tuesday. That's, that's better feel it. Yeah. yeah uh, Stan uh, Dale um, is celebrating his wedding anniversary. So if, you, if you're if you out there and if you like Stan, drop Stan and Holly an email wishing them a very happy anniversary. Uh, number of years together. What a great couple they are. So definitely do that. Wish him a happy wedding anniversary, and uh, that you can blame it on us. You can blame it on us that we that we said, you know, we we let the cat out of the bag on that one. Now, now, folks, before we get back into the programming, I hope everyone has had the opportunity to check out nuts dot com. But if you haven't, if you're new to listening to this program, right now we're, in, we're broadcasting. Right now, I can just see the uh stats on this fourteen different countries we've got thousands of new listeners folks nuts dot com what a great website we found this website a while back and uh to actually talk to the head nut at nuts dot com you know nuts dot com have the best tasting uh peanuts cashews, nut, all nuts all varieties of nuts best tasting on the planet and various other snack options as well folks go to nuts.com and enter the microphone code hh you got to go to nuts.com enter the microphone h-, h microphone code hh why would you do that because when you do that it takes you to our own little world at nuts.com and there for new customers you can you can actually get four free samples of uh, uh, out of over 50 different options of uh their products that's a $15 value right now when you go to nuts.com and click on the mic and enter our code hh you know what folks this is a family owned business i mean you talk about what america's all about family owned business talk to the head nut as i mentioned and when i spoke with him on the phone i was surprised actually that he came to the phone and uh you know what do you say to the the ceo of a, a company like this how's it going? What you doing? (laughs) You know, and he was, he was in the middle of a quality control inspection. So that's how hands on these people are nuts.com microphone code H H and our favorites. Oh man, dried fruit, sweet, sweet treats. And you know what? They've got some great coffees and teas over 39 different varieties, 170 flavors. And they're just, it's a fantastic company. So folks right now, new customers get four free samples choose from over 50 options it's a $15 value when you go to nuts.com enter our code HH in the microphone box that's nuts.com enter our code HH for four free samples with your order go to nuts.com for full details and speaking of good companies great companies remember a couple of weeks ago we had Michael Terrell on our show and he explained how specific music was inspired by the music frequencies of king david yes that's right if you, let me ask you this are, are you sick of being stressed overwhelmed unmotivated let me ask you <laughs> yeah <laughs> ask ask eric uh, to the show of hands uh, take a poll here uh stressed overwhelmed unmotivated well, I don't know much it, I'm not sure about unmotivated, but, but you know what? If you feel like life is running you instead of running your life, you're not alone. Now, finally, you can experience the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with whole tones. This is a collection, folks, of proven music therapy. And it helps you reduce stress. And, and, you know, sometimes, well, Eric had a duct taped me to the chair earlier today and, and put on whole tones. Um, and, you know, I, I was unable to break free. But anyway, you can ease your mind and motivate you. You can you can get started today. And, and, folks, I'd urge you to do this. And you can listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and inspires at wholetoneslive.com. That's wholetoneslive.com. We had one of many happy Whole Tones clients who wrote, you know, I, I started playing Whole Tones throughout my workday. Not only was I more creative and motivated, the work I was doing seemed easier and clearer. And let me tell you something. When I, I love, I love to write and Joe can attest to this. I used to play classical music in the background uh, in my Mm -hmm. office, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Not anymore. I've got a new, um, music source and that's wholetoneslive.com. Folks, go to the website. Download a free sample at WholeTonesLive.com. Whole Support the Hagman and Hagman Report and go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's Whole, W-H-O-L-E. That's WholeTonesLive.com, WholeTonesLive.com. Now, we're, we've got so much to get into tonight in the remaining uh, this re, this hour of the show. Joe,
0: I'm going to yeah. toss it to you. What's on your mind? Well, here's where we're going to start. Uh, With the Hillary Clinton email scandal. More information, new information has come out. Hillary Clinton emails held info beyond top secret, according to the Attorney General. Uh, Email from Hillary Clinton, I'm sorry, not the Attorney General, the IG. uh, Inspector General. Inspector General. Emails from Hillary Clinton's home server contained information classified at levels higher than previously known, including a level meant to protect some of the most sensitive U.S. intelligence according to a document obtained by NBC News. In a letter to lawmakers, the intelligence community's internal watchdog says some of Clinton's emails contained information classified top-secret special access program, a secrecy designation that includes some of the most closely held U.S. intelligence matters. Two American intelligence officials tell NBC News that there are not the same two emails from Clinton's server that have long been reported as containing information deemed top-secret. The letter doesn't make clear whether Clinton sent or received the emails in question, but in the past, emails containing classified information have tended to to have been sent to Clinton, not written by her. The new revelation underscores the extent to which the email classification issue could continue to dog Clinton as State Department and intelligence officials review sensitive information with messages that were blocked out before Uh, being released to the public. Clinton, whose top national primary polling as Democrat presidential candidate, has repeatedly said none of the information she sent or received while Secretary of State was marked classified, and nothing has emerged to contradict that, but it's become clear that classified information bled into the emails, which were sent over unencrypted channels open to interception by foreign intelligence agencies. Now, this is what the article says. I'm going to go back through this. It says that Clinton has, um, nothing has emerged to contradict that Clinton says nothing marked classified came through her uh, email account. Well, she had a, uh, as it came out last week, an aide take the classification markings off of the exactly emails. So, and even in doing that, that is a felony in itself, her asking yep. an aide to do that. So, regardless, as if they came out crossed as marked or not, her asking an aide to unmark them um, is the same difference as her unmarking them herself, which would make her guilty of federal offenses, even according to the information provided in this article, if it is validated as fact. But we were told, you know, by her that no information, no class, first no classified information came over her email, uh, private email server. If you remember back, to the, the, whole, first the, the whole, the whole, the
2: entirety of this is a, is, it's been a moving target and a moving yeah. target of falsities and of deliberate deception on the part of Hillary Rodham, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton. And if you remember folks in the, in the YouTube, I, I did a, I did a, a video investigative report and I think it was one of the first, we were one of the first, uh, um, uh the media sources to mention the uh, server being out, out, out in, the, in, in the midwest or in the west colorado, colorado. in the bathroom in closet and, and then yeah at, at her home and uh naming the, the you know putting together in fact i had a whiteboard uh mm-hmm. in, that, in that anyway but go ahead continue because this is critical and, and well, well i guess the, the whole point is Benghazi
0: is part right. of this and there's the new film that is out in theaters, 13 Hours. Yep. Um, it has since come out also that, uh, let me get the title right here, that they're, they have confirmed that a rescue mission to Benghazi, as that was unfolding on September eleventh, 2012, as that situation was unfolding, it has come out that there was an envoy sent there to rescue that was turned back, turned back, uh, and I'm looking for the actual report here. I'll have to find it. But um, what's the end game of this? I mean, there's been enough that has come out that the FBI, who has stated on Fox News and MSNBC uh, from different spokespeople that if there is found to be, uh, you know, if it is found that she did break the law that they would prosecute, it doesn't matter her station in politics or, uh, you know, who she is, she can't be shielded from. Um, you know, basically Petraeus, the the former head of the CIA, went through kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, he's been charged, he's been uh sentenced and is on probation right now. But here we have a potential uh president of the United States, uh definitely gonna be very close in the running for the Democratic nominee, if not already getting the ticket of nominee. But we have this huge uh criminal investigation underway. And how does this end?
1: Do well, we get a, yeah. we get a, a the, president uh,
0: elected who's arrested? Do we get, I mean, <laughs> um, it's just so mind-boggling, <laughs> you know, in the fact that it, all the information's come out, they haven't done taken any action yet. Um, but are, are or will they take
2: action? Yeah, uh, I so. or, 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 I mean, look, um, and I think what's really important is the background as well uh, behind the Clintons. When you go back into the early days and don't forget Hillary, Diane Rodham was part of the white or, uh, uh, uh Nix Nixon's, uh, Watergate investigation. Remember that folks, she was an integral part of that and she was kicked off of the investigative team. She was a young lawyer at the time or, um, an intern I, I suppose but nonetheless she was kicked off because she wanted to stretch shall we say the truth about uh about Watergate or do some things that were not really customary traditional or investigatively uh or investigative uh didn't conform to investigative standards so I said that to to say this she has experience. And, and, and there are some people who have written some extremely uh, important books about the Clintons and, and if you don't think the women aspect of, of the Clintons is important, you think again because it, it, it speaks that alone, or that too I shouldn't say alone, that, that too speaks about not just the character but about their criminal or their what we call their continuing course of criminal conduct and um, uh, yeah, th- this all ties together and it's just, it's just amazing when you really get into the background of the Clintons. So my question and your question, I think this is the question. Um, what's, you know, what is the end game of the powers that be? Are they, are they setting her up to,
0: to fail or are they, what are they doing? Well, yeah, at the same time, I see these, um, uh, headlines that, you know, Clinton. New information has come out about the email scandal, and and she looks more and more guilty as those right. headlines come out. We're seeing headlines at the same time that says Bernie Sanders is uh, flourishing in the polls in New Hampshire and in Iowa. But, and- but, you know, if I can just interject something
2: here with respect to the polls. Right. And, and folks, look. Um, aside from the accuracy of the polls, Sanders. The, the one thing that about Sanders, people can get excited about the early. Suggestions of Sanders' popularity, but Sanders will not carry the South, In even in the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. He's not going to carry the South. He might be popular in New Hampshire. He might be popular in California, but certainly when it comes to the Bible Belt and, and the South, the Carolinas, no way is Sanders going to be able to carry anything. He won't be able to carry his water. Down there. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So, so take Sanders out of the equation. What's left? Possibly
0: Joe Biden, Malloy, and and Clinton. Mm. Um, But like I said, the, it looks like they're, and I forget who it was who was on our show who gave the next, the perfect explanation to what we see going on. And that is basically they're keeping Hillary down as far as trying to, he's not having to worry about answering questions on policies or uh you know what she would or wouldn't do in certain situations she's fielding off these um you know uh, allegations mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to keep her busy so she doesn't have to answer those policy questions um because her policies are so horrific that if she were to become president we would all be in a lot of trouble um as it doesn't really matter who becomes president we're still going to be in a lot of trouble i think it just matters on the timing and the way they do things um, the end game is still the same. The end result still being the same. That the globalist agenda is still implemented. Uh, it's just the way they do it and how they do it. I believe that uh, is is what makes the difference here. Um, hey, have you? I want to interject something here because I think this is important.
2: What uh, folks, we're following uh, an investigative report, and whether this could be a false flag indication of a false flag or some other type of something else I, I just want to alert everyone and i don't know how many people know about this there is a, a, an investigation being conducted right now about a potential plot the uh, terror attack plot at the super bowl and this it revolves around did you
0: no i didn't hear this okay. but what i did see today was interesting apparently there were some uh was there a Grammy show or some kind of award show in the last couple of days? Yeah, are you? Oscars, are you, are you yeah, you're talking about the the black. Uh, the, no, no, no. There's no. a there's an upcoming show that uh, Chris Rock is hosting. Right, the Oscars. Yeah, that's upcoming. Yeah. But there was just recently an, an award show last weekend also. Well, there was the first time that they had uh, actual military men in in camo gear with machine guns patrolling the areas inside and out, uh, doing the security.
2: Ah, and okay. even some
0: of the, the actresses and actors on Twi- uh took to Twitter to say as much, you know, that I've never seen some, mm-hmm. you know, the armed guards and uh, that they said there was no clear or credible threat uh, as to uh, the, the award show. So they were wondering why they were seeing uh, the people in full military gear there and wondering if it was going to become the new norm. Uh, well, yeah, and that's a great question. You know, so, I, uh, is it, are these events uh, getting some kind of threat, you know, whether it's an Oscars or a Super Bowl? Super Bowl is always well, a big one. Yeah, well, the, the FBI is investigating a possible attack, the Super
2: Bowl, the, a series of attacks on fiber optic cables. It I seems, heard about this. yeah in San it,
0: Francisco, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and again, we're bringing this to your attention, not for, you know, not coming at, at this. Uh, from a you know oh my goodness you know it, it, don't go to the super bowl or there could be an attack because i don't believe that to be the case i think uh, however you know at least not from an indigenous uh threat from from uh, radical islamic terrorists I, uh, alone now that could be compounded perhaps by someone facilitating uh that narrative but i do believe that we need to be on the lookout for these very issues and start watching or at least be monitoring what's taking place. So go ahead, Joe. I mean, But I just want to make sure I mention that because we are following this. We will keep you updated, and we will see where this leads.
0: Yeah, and other news here. This is something I wanted to make sure we covered today. Um, The U.S. military wants a chip to translate your brain activity into binary code. It's been a weird day for weird science. Not long after researchers claimed victory in performing a head transplant on a monkey, the U.S. military's Blue Sky R&D agency announced a completely insane plan to build a chip that would enable the human brain to communicate directly with computers. What is the weird, surreal future? It's all real, believe it or not, or at least DARPA desperately wants us to believe it is. The first wireless brain-to-computer interface actually popped up a few years ago, and DARPA has worked on various brain chip projects over the past years. But there are shortcomings to existing technology. According to today's announcement, current brain-computer interfaces are akin to two supercomputers trying to talk to each other and using old 300 uh, <laughs> old three hundred baud modem. Yep, yep, they yep. just aren't <laughs> fast enough for truly transformative yep. neurological applications. Like resorting uh, vision or restoring vision to a blind person, this would uh, involve connect to a camera that can transmit visual information directly to the brain, and the implant would translate the data into neural language. To accomplish this, ma- this magnific- magnific- <laughs> magnificent,
2: magnificent, <laughs> magnificent, magnificent thing. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it's been a long day.
0: It's like brains are I used to say that when I was a kid. Um, Anyway, to accomplish this feat, DARPA is launching a new program called the Neural Engineering System Design that stands to squeeze some characteristic uh, bonker innovation out of the science community. In a press release, the agency describes what is undoubtedly the closest thing to Johnny, uh mnemonic plot line you've ever seen in real life. Oh, man. It reads, a new DARPA program aims to develop an implantable... Neural interface able to provide unprecedented signal resolution and data transfer bandwidth between the human brain and the digital world. The interface would serve as a translator, converting between the electrochemical language used by neurons in the brain and the ones and zeros that constitute the language of information technology. Now, the article uh ends um there, but we have to remember the President's Brain Initiative the president a few years ago launched the brain initiative that not only allowed DARPA to map the brain and science to map the brain, but un- allowed it to understand how the brain functions, what uh, areas of the brain serve, you know, to what functions, and how they can, as we know, we only use what three to ten percent of our brain. How they well, can expand uh, uh, supposedly, on supposedly, and, and uh, yeah, and I this mean, goes in- yeah. and this article goes into the next article I wanted to get into, which <laughs> is from. Um, I don't know what's up with the Internet. It's been running slow the last Oh, it's it's here. been crazy. But the uh, the article headline is, Could this be humanity's last century? And uh, it's a server I found, and I know we're connected. <laughs> well, but they say that yeah. due to the, remember we talked about the new uh, genetically modified children? The yep. The designer children, yep. actually. Here it is. Could this be humanity's last century? Experts say the reengineering of our children will lead to the creation of a new species. He believes, and this is Seth Shostak, director of the SETI Institute, he believes designer babies will create a new type of human. Our children will be as different from us as dogs are to gray wolves. Artificial intelligence will also change society, he says, with robots taking over our jobs. There won't be war, politics, or poverty that eventually wipes out humanity. The end will come about as a result of designer babies and artificial intelligence. Well, I can't argue with them on the artificial intelligence. Uh, The outspoken director of the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligent Institute believes developments in these areas will lead to a new alien-type species. We can eventually produce offspring that are different from us, as dogs are to gray wolves, he said in an opinion piece for SETI. I'm not talking about the various self-destructive threats of the movement, the ones that fill the papers and spark uh, pontification on the nightly news. No, the three big things I believe will take place in the 21st century are more profound and not necessarily bad. The first change, he believes, is that we'll finally understand biology at a molecular level. As a result, humanity will be able to cure all diseases and usher in a new era of designer babies. Second, he believes that humanity will expand into nearby space and to drive to gain more resources, such as copper, zinc, and platinum. He says this will help alleviate overpopulation. And everyone expects our prodigy to establish colonies on the moon or Mars. But the better deal is to build huge orbiting habits in which you can live without space suits. Space suits. We can eventually produce offspring that are so different. Oh, that's the same quote. Yeah. Um, but it's just not designer babies and space colonies that will change humanity as we know it. Uh, before 2100, uh, show predicts that we will develop. A generalized artificial intelligence. This will allow machines to take over our jobs, jobs that are normally done by humans, such as machines uh, that won't necessarily be large. It'll be a synopsis in your brain in a few thousand nanometers in size. A transistor chip, uh, a transistor on a chip is a hundred times smaller. The hardware necessary for human-level smarts, even today, it could fit in an iPad. Scientists claim these developments, over the long term, will dwarf concerns in politics, war, and economics. But he adds, "Putting large number of people in off-Earth colonies will inevitably lead to <laughs> the end of humanity as we know it."
2: Yeah, this is the this is the attempt to uh, the, the, well search or uh, agenda to obtain the status of God, small yep. g.
0: This reminds me of Daniel and, uh, 820, yep. uh, or in Daniel where it says, they will mingle together with men, but they shall not cleave. This is the transhumanism uh, at its at every aspect and this is the eternal life outside of the heavenly or hell realm that exists for eternity, depending on what you believe and. That's right, or the Lord
2: sends you. You know, uh, now, folks, I am going to give you some good, solid information. You know, we're all we're all very concerned with our privacy when we go online, are we not? I mean, I think I think most of us are, and I think most of us realize we're being tracked everywhere yeah. we go.
0: I don't think I um, um, anymore. Um, I just assume that. Oh, we- of course. Everything's been mon- monitored, and I don't assume anything's private. Well, uh, let me share some
2: positive, proactive things mm-hmm. you can do to to protect your privacy when you are online. And this is, I'm citing now from daily.com, they, they, they put together 10... Steps: Ten anti-surveillance tools that protect your privacy online. And I think this is so well, you important. Said this
0: to us earlier. Yeah,
2: I did. I, I found this. I found this to be extremely important. I think, folks, if you're out there, and if you are searching from a home-based computer, for example, if you're running searches or whatever you might be doing on a home-based computer, um, to, to take these ten anti-surveillance tools, and and. You can you can protect your privacy. For example, I'm going to go through them very quick, very quickly here. Now, the Tor T O R browser is a very secure web browser. Now I'm, I'm not advocating anything except I'm just quoting from Daily dot, dot, uh, daily dot, dot com. and this um, this will help you. Okay. Now there are alternatives to these, but the Tor browser, for example, you know when, when you're on the internet. Tracking surveillance very pervasive. Tor, T O R, it offers you an anonymous window to the web. Even if you don't use Tor on a daily basis, it could be. Um, it, it, it can be, by the way, slower uh, than your standard browser. It's smart to always keep the option of anonymity there, in privacy, on hand, even if you don't use it every day. Um, Tor, by the way, created and largely funded by the U.S. government, is used by millions of different people, from journalists to globe, uh, uh globe-trotting businessmen, okay? Uh, to criminals. To military, okay? The software does not judge its users' morals, or morals, or morals, depending on what you might find, and, but it does offer strong encryption services so that's the Tor browser so if you want to browse online signal is a secure messaging and calling app for if you have an Android or an iPhone or either one check out signal now uh, you know if you've got a smartphone that is a hackers and spies dream it gives up an enormous amount of information to anyone within range Speaking of that, block it pocket is an actual physical um, protection for smartphones and iPhones, so people cannot grab for example, information from your phone if they're trying to do so. It, it just shields your phone from everything it, it you won't get calls you won't you know so block it pocket. go to Hagman and Hagman.com, you can see the link there, but Signal is a secure messaging and calling app for Android and iPhone. It's (coughs) it offers powerful powerful, absolutely powerful encryption. It protects your communications, and best of all, there's nothing it's, it's, if, I mean it's user friendly, okay Um, Cubes and that would be Q U-B-E-S-O-S Now that's a secure operating system is for when your entire computer needs privacy and protection, the Cubes, Q U B E S operating system, it's people's number one choice. It's, uh, it, uh, gained significance in the spotlight back a couple of years ago when Snowden, uh, endorsed, uh, oh, a live system aimed at maintaining your anonymity. I don't recall what that, what that was, but nonetheless, uh, Cubes offers a different key, uh, Advantage against malware. So cubes, Q-U-B-E-S. Um, how about a free password manager? Now, if you're like most people, you, you share the same
0: password across multiple accounts. Oh, and that's bad to do. Yeah. You got to, we have to all try to get out of that habit. Yes. And in doing so, I mean, my wife's really good at this. She creates the most, <laughs> the craziest passwords and it's great that she does it. It's hard to keep track of because they change. You got to change them frequently, um, and she never uses the same one twice for any two accounts. Well, that's great, man. You know, it is great, but at the same time, you have to keep track of those. And and, and therein <laughs> lies this or
2: LastPass, L A S T Pass. It's a free password manager, and it's a simple. It's simple to use. It's an easy fix. Password managers like LastPass, and and there's another one called 1, the number 1 password, they make it really simple to create strong passwords that vary across all of your accounts, and then they keep track of them for you. Okay, so do, do the password thing right and, and don't put you know password for your password or 123abc or whatever it might be so i'm um, we're giving you options here to protect your if people say well you talk about problems never give solutions here we are okay how about uh software for secure email there's many options out there proton mail and such but pgp software for secure email it's uh um uh, you know look email is not the most secure medium of communication is a, PGP is a gold PGP is a gold standard really for securing email messages with encryption. Well, anyway, PGP the software for secure email there. I'm not going to get more into that. How about a secure file deleter? Hey, Hillary. Hey, Hillary. <laughs> Eraser um, delete, <laughs> folks. Delete it does not mean delete, at least not on your computer. When you try to get rid of a file on your PC, it 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 it, it stays resident on your hard drive well, for two, some
0: time. There's two parts of the hard drive. You have the hard drive that has the the information in it. Then there's a magnet that also stores any and everything that you had on that computer. Plus, there are
2: bits and pieces, the emails, and anything can be reconstructed on your hard drive. Look up eraser, E-R-A-S-E-R. Look up eraser, and none of these are foolproof. I mean, look, if if I had a if I had a hard drive with you know deep dark secrets on it that I wanted to uh, make sure no one got, um, I would have to you know uh, sledgehammer it, bury it you know, cut it, you know, with a, with a torch or, you know, whatever you, but certainly, but short of that, eraser is a good, uh, is a, is a good tool. How about blocking, uh, an ad blocking tool? Well, there's U block, small U capital B, B, L O C K, U block. Okay. Okay. They block ads, you know, because you know what folks, when ads show up, now we're talking about, um, these very intrusive
0: ads ad sometimes networks. you pull up a web, a web page and uh, here's an example I come across daily you come across a web page you're, you find a story you want to read you pull it up and you start reading the first line and a full page ad pops up on the screen where there's no X out button it's almost like a, uh, you know yeah. do what we ask and then you can read the article I don't know if you've come across those, oh, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, you know, answer this quick survey question to, to access the rest of the content. This is very, those are very annoying and intrusive ads. Um, and we see those all the time. <laughs> and those are just, I mean, those are a few of the, the overt That's ones. Right. You get other ones that block, you know, half the page or pop up in the middle of the page. You get some that.
2: Well, I like Ublock because it, it actually keeps track of the,
0: the number of
2: requests blocked. And, and such, it, it's an interesting and, and this is uh, really a good uh, a, a good tool. That's U Block, the letter U Block, all one word. How about an anti-tracking browser extension? Okay, take another step to avoid online tracking. Ghostery, Ghostery. That's Ghost E R Y. It's an anti-tracking browser extension, and and and. and Ghostery shows you, um, well, like it shows you how many companies, how many different entities are tracking you online. It helps you block about two thousand trackers. They update their database all the time, and they allow you they allow you to well, become unencumbered by this tracking that we see. Orbot, O R B O T. If you've got an, an- Android and you if you use an Android. So, you know, you, you gotta understand. Cell phones are tracking devices that make cell, uh, that make telephone calls. Now think about that statement. Cell phones, what are they? They are tracking devices that make phone calls.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? All cell phones have internal global positioning systems. Yep. Inside of them. And you can choose to turn your location off. But that only works to a certain extent as far yep. as app, uh, uh, permissions are are concerned well Orbot provides a secure web browser for Android
2: and you can folks you can look up these these uh, anti surveillance tools on your own but O-R-B-O-T it's a secure web browser for the Android devices and then you've got uh, secure instant messenger but realize nothing is secure when you're dealing with online Wi-Fi stuff Tor T-O-R messenger you know um it, it, it's been around for a long time, but it's, it's a good tool that provides really the most secure way yet to protect your instant messages from unwanted readers. It's a free software. You can talk over Google talk, Facebook chat, and other mediums with off the record encryption protection. That's Tor, T-O-R, Messenger. So hopefully folks, we've provided at least some level of, um, assistance for anti-piracy anti-surveillance when you're online so consider those as well we just wanted to offer you the listeners of this program some ideas for anti-piracy anti-surveillance anti-tracking anti-ad tracking tracking, and whatever else but but there are some ideas for you and um and i want to say something else too you know when we have for example we we attempt to uh uh we attempt to monetize I mean to offset to, to run a show like this and to run a website or multiple websites it's difficult when you you just have no idea the expenses involved in all of this so if we have like Adsense or google uh advertising on our website, you can block that i mean it's no big deal, but it's amazing to me how many people don't understand how those work because uh you know we see um Reports critical of us saying, Oh, they're, they're actually promoting Muslim, uh, uh, Islamic, uh, things. Islamic, he, uh, uh, Islamic Quran's You're talking about the, uh, the Google uh, ads. Uh, right. But, but see, what, what, what the very people who complain about that don't understand is those ads are tailored to their, their search history so you know so the very people who are out there saying oh
0: doug and joe hagman well, you know i got what? a good example of this my laptop uh you know went i had a problem where my screen broke on the laptop mm-hmm. so we had to get a new laptop uh and part of getting a new laptop is installing all the old software that you use mm-hmm. uh, microsoft office being one that's essential here at the hagman and hagman studios as you need uh, outlook to connect through our email system and uh, you know my microsoft word to to create publications and whatnot well uh go ahead and, and I put the new software on the computer and lo and behold all I see now uh are this is like day three or day two I have on the computer I just get constant ads for Microsoft Office even That's though right I just already you know uploaded it onto this computer. So, yeah, uh, and, and I and we said all
2: that to, just to say this, you know, because people make this big thing and, and and they'll create these these massive posts and say, well, they can't be Christians because they're promoting the Quran or promoting Islamic stuff. Well, you know, th- th- these noobs, th- these dimwits, and I'm sorry, dimwits is is the nicest thing I could say about these people uh who who say, well, look at this. This proves it. They're not Christian. Come on! It's based on your search habits, not our ad choices. That's all I want to say about that. So you, you know, it's just amazing to me. And then and, and you get people that feed into this, and oh my goodness, oh yeah, look at that! And you know, it's just—it's ridiculous. So protect yourself as well when you're on the internet, and that's what you need to do. You need to protect yourself because. Um, we are entering into, well, we are using watcher technology, but we're using watcher technology um, as a force multiplier against the enemy, I'd like to think, because shows like this and Dave Hodges and Sheila's and, and uh, the shows carried on Global Star, uh, man, i I really like to believe that we are making a difference. I don't know.
0: I, maybe We are making a difference. Yeah, I think so. Reading so, the mail, reading the emails, Yeah, you know. Um, definitely making a difference. Yeah. Here's an interesting article that, uh, something that we should cover. Judge rejects Obama's executive privilege claim over fast and furious records. This is out today from Politico. The Justice Department's own public disclosures undercut the president's privilege claim. Judge Amy Berman, yes, Amy Berman Jackson ruled. A federal judge has rejected President Obama's assertion of executive privilege to deny Congress access to Records pertaining to Operation Fast and Furious, a gun-running probe that allegedly allowed thousands of weapons to flow across the border into Mexico. Now, folks, if you, for those who remember, this is one of the the, the first um, big presidential scandals that uh, was swept under the rug. Was there was a thousand and one excuses made as to why this was not a criminal? Uh, these were not criminal actions, and they were, you know, justified by the Department of Justice and whatnot but it goes on to say, the U.S. District Court Judge Amy Jackson ruled Tuesday that the Justice Department's public disclosures about its response to the so- so-called gunwalking controversy undercut Obama's executive privilege claim. There is no need to balance the need against the impact that the revelation of any record could have on candor in future executive decision-making since any harm that might flow from the public revelation of the deliberations at issue here have already been self-inflicted, Jackson wrote. The department itself has already publicly revealed the sum and substance of the very material it is now seeking to withhold. Any harm that would flow from the disclosures sought here would be merely incremental. The records must be produced. Mm. Jackson said she was not questioning the uh, propriety of Obama's claim of privilege but ruling that the claim could not be sustained in view of other information the Justice Department had released on the topic, chiefly the Office of Inspector General's report released on September 2012. This ruling is not predicated on the finding that the withholding was intended to cloak wrongdoings on the part of government officials or that the withholding itself was improper, the judge wrote. Yeah. So, the documents are going to have to be released.
2: <clears throat> you know, the... um one, one thing that we that we do want to uh, that, I, that I like to talk about folks you are you, know, sorry to bother yeah. you, are you just not able to get on any site right now? Oh no, no we're down, okay. we're down completely <laughs> but but you know um, uh, I, we've done a lot of investigative research investigation and research on the Economist magazine we, we're looking into for example and it eric the tech my goodness he's been a, a very very good resource on this about we you know the super bowl halftime program and on and, and there are things right now that when you when you take a few steps back and look at the tells the signals the information that is being provided by the powers we can we can get an idea of what might be coming our way okay and, and it's it's looking through a glass darkly but it's also using investigative re- reasoning and, and intellectual research and i mean and, you know research intellectually into certain various issues or various um, areas so w- look one of the very interesting things we heard yesterday and um uh, steve Quayle mentioned this and ross powell mentioned this the significance of numbers you know the uh, Baltic Dry Index. That number, that that where where it landed. Okay, it's multiples of three. The lowest lowest. Uh, three six nine. Uh, three six nine. Okay, and and that's a very interesting number by itself. Okay, because uh, when you take three, of course three is uh, a very powerful satanic number. Nine is a multiple of three. Three times three is nine. And then six, it's uh, also a multiple of three. There are messages, and and I do believe this to be the case, and we talked about this before. The number of fake uh, Twitter accounts, I think, were yeah, fake Twitter followers by Obama was 19.5 million. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all of these. Now, okay, throw into the mix uh, David David Bowie, and throw into the mix uh, Ruckman. I believe it is Alec, uh, Rickman. Rickman. I'm sorry, Rickman. I keep wanting to say Ruckman for him. You know the guy on on Die Hard, uh, although he was a a, a big uh, Shakespearean actor. But and then of course Glenn Fry.
0: Oh, that too. he well, was. Okay. okay,
2: but but
0: but but
2: but see, here's the thing with with Bowie, David Bowie. You've got to take a look at the ceremony, ceremony, not ceremony, <laughs> behind. Uh, David Bowie's death and resurrection. Okay, because we look at what's taking place and people
0: might not believe this and they say, well. Now David Bowie know, released some kind of. Blackstar. Uh, Black star album. Yeah, yeah, some, and it's a, a satanic type of, of music album. well, well. well uh, because I'm unfamiliar with them, yeah, artists,
2: it, it's I mean. it's it's more than that, okay? Because when and and this goes back to everything we we've been talking about with respect to Tavistock and going back into the counterculture, and this is why this is so important because the groundwork laid by Tavistock and the groundwork laid through the counterculture has allowed this uh, this occult takeover. And this brainwashing, and people will look at the at the death of. And I saw this on a a, a conservative forum where people were were saying, you know, may he rest in peace. And yes, I understand that David Bowie, but they're missing the occult significance of certain things with respect to David Bowie. And people might say, well, he died from cancer. How can that be a conspiracy? Well, perhaps tomorrow, and I think tomorrow maybe. We'll get deep into that, and the reason for that is not to give you a bunch of useless information, but that tells us gives us a better barometer of the uh, of where we're at and how that is the the death and the actions around David Bowie, his death, and even uh Rickman uh how that does perhaps foretell um, what is taking place and you know Sheila Zelensky was talking about the the uh, Luciferian aspects of the green agenda well this fits right in there it fits, you might think how well it does in ways that you've never ever even conceived of the lie is so deep, it is so multi-layered, it is so complex and we hope to uh, uh, we, we hope to uh uh, give you some sort of at least a a, a good working outline and, and even uh, Mark R I'm not going to get into uh, uh, Mark R is uh, sent an email here of course in and I'll just reference this very quickly here in Bowie's new single a Black Star he openly mocks Christianity and the crucifixion and the tormenting and painful 13 minute death ritual as Bowie states near the end of the nightmare satanic ritual numerous times I am the I am this you know, has a Joel been Osteen's yes. book, name I am yes and and, and it is a, an absolute mockery of Jesus Christ but this is see and and this is what most people don't understand this mockery is now open in the forefront of and you know when, for example, I wouldn't have gotten this five years ago, a couple years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't have understood it or the significance of it, and the people in the power, the occultists in the power, in the back rooms and the bowels of the Saudi mansions and the, and even in the White House perhaps, are laughing at us and saying you're not getting it. You know it's right in your face. And he writes that, uh, a direct reference to the Bible and what Jesus Christ answered to the Pharisees. This is absolute, and, and, he, and he even uh, Mark R writes, "This is absolute in-your-face blasphemy and contempt." Bowie calling himself God and his death—if you get into the um, uh, the the facts, the public facts, what was presented—well, it's, it's actually a counterfeit of the. Uh, death and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ now why is it important because this is th- on, a, on a singular level of Bowie and his connections to Crowley, his connections to the counterculture this is exactly this is exhibit A in the, in the trial of humanity or in the trial of the Luciferian elite against all of Christian humanity and this is so important so um, you know it's, it's extremely telling when you get into this, and maybe yeah. we'll visit that tomorrow. Go ahead, Joe.
0: One last story here before we reach the end of the show. Federal deficit to soar in 2016 after the Ryan-Obama tax deal. Now, I haven't heard about too much of this in the news. I don't know about you guys. Tax, The tax cut deal, inked by President Obama and House Speaker Paul Ryan last month, put a major dent in the federal budget. Helping send the deficit soaring by 24%, the Congressional Budget Office said Tuesday. The $544 billion deficit projected for 2016 marks the first year since 2009 that the red ink has grown, and its powers, the deficit, back up over the half trillion mark where it has been for most of Obama's tenure. The rest of the decade will only get worse, the CBO said, with Social Security beginning to draw down its trust funds in 2018 and overall deficits surging back above the $1 mark by 2022. Struck by the grim news, Budget Watchdog said politicians need to heed the wake-up call. Turning a blind eye to the problem, as so many congressional presidential candidates have done, merely means they are passing the buck to the next generation, as concerns about political damage outweigh policy advantages. Stephen Bell said, a senior director of economic policy at the Bipartisan Policy Council. I don't know um, how it, this Bernie Sanders had called for a $19.7 trillion tax hike if elected president. Um, I'm not even sure if that would fix the problem of the deficit. Each year, the federal government continues to increase the taxes, yet they every year that they collect more, every quarter that they collect more, they... Set new records in their collection of taxes, yet they spend more and they're in the, the red more. I mean, they're, we're in a, a. If they were to take Dave Ramsey's get out of debt classes and apply them to our government, um, they're pretty much on the opposite end of that spectrum.
2: <coughs>
0: I yep, mean, they, exactly. they have spent us into poverty and into slavery.
2: And, and by design and, and that's you know what folks that is um that that's our intent because we have sold or we have allowed them to take our birthright and, and I don't mean to be um understand when i say this i'm talking about our our the inheritance
0: the the inheritance of our children and and it's it's right what's going to be left I yeah, mean, yeah. The, this the last generation and you know uh, generations before, what has been continuing to be left down to to children and and to, to future generations? Tax burdens—it's um, it's horrible. Know, future debt, government debt, and spending. I, wonder, I asked ask Ross yesterday. You know, and I asked you. I think when he was talking,
2: um, we had the mic off. I said, uh, "Really? I mean, do we really have to pay that
0: debt? Is that debt legitimate that we've got? I mean, who who, who do we owe that debt to? It's legitimate only if the Federal Reserve gets their way right
2: but but see yeah i'm I'm just convinced people um people are
0: so I don't know they're 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 just so out of touch with things, right I boggles my mind that they can collect you know uh the record number of taxes each quarter each yeah. half each year, yep. yet continue to plunge further and further into trillions and trillions more dollars in debt. It, it just doesn't make sense unless we are being robbed and gamed.
2: Amen. I just want to say thank you to Sheila Zelensky, WeekendVigilante.com, dot com, Dave Hodges, the common sense show dot com. Folks, if you didn't catch the first two hours of this amazing program tonight, amazing not because of us, but in spite of us and
0: in because of our guests, Dave Hodges and Sheila Zelensky. And go to the Common Sense yeah. Show and read Dave's latest article on the food shortages in America. Yes. That's and, a and, must read. And
2: and we need to reassess what's going on with Ammon Bundy and the uh,
0: ranch situation out there. And Sheila's, to reassess that. Sheila's book is called Green Gospel, The New World Religion. And you can go to greengospel.ca. That's greengospel.ca. Folks, even if you're interested in the book, go to Greengospelca and check out the website. You won't be disappointed. Amen. God bless all of you. Folks... Yeah, we
2: have left the building.
3: This is the Global Star Radio Network.